pause. Understand. We gotta restart. All over? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. He has a lot of problems. Struggle to be top five in points at the end of the season. Wow. Don't bleach you your, your hair, you're, you're so up. Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Moto Aftermath Show. This is episode 246. We're starting off in a bit of a rush here. We have uh, Mr. Kevin Moran's on the phone here. He's about to get on a plane, so we've only got a few minutes to talk to him. So we'll get into all the other stuff. Yo, Kevin Moran, what's going on, bud? Oh, how's it going? Great. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> Not too shabby. Yeah. Just uh, massive delays here at the airport, so love it. Oh, yeah. What airport are you at right now? Uh, so Portland. Ah. Exciting. So when when are you getting out now? Uh, so we were supposed to get home to Kansas City at 4.06 p.m. Uh, we are not leaving until 4.20 p.m. here, which is like, what, 7.20 p.m. your time? So yep. we are not set to be back in Kansas City until a little bit past midnight. That's exciting. That's yeah, super exciting. I love it. So, all right, man. So you, uh, so we got a couple things to go over. Let's start with the national yesterday at Washougal. And I gotta ask here right off the rip: Are there any regrets to riding the two-stroke? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Were you seasoned on two-stroke beforehand? So you grew up, you're a little younger than us in my area. By the way, this is Tom Cooper on the line. Your old buddy. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah. when you were younger, you, you were like, after 80s, you were done with two strokes, right? Correct. I never owned a 125, but we did go to Loretta's on a borrowed 125. <laughs> How very Moran's of you right there. Do you, uh, so, so the reason I asked that was, do you think, had you been on the four stroke, you would have been able to get points yesterday? Oh, 100%, yeah. Okay. Well, that's why I asked if there were regrets for riding that I compared mean, to the four stroke. I mean, there would be... There would be if I was like really in contention to get into the top twenty in points, but let's be honest, I'm not. Okay. So, yeah, I was all about it. I'm, I'm happy I didn't have to deal with an LCQ. I was close. I was terrifying. <laughs> but uh, dude, um, you were on race day live last lap of you laying it down there to get in the top thirty six. So that was pretty good. They were they were all yeah. over you that last lap. So yeah, I know. So that was good. I need to watch that. So every toy there talking me up which is cool um and then they didn't even have me in the two-stroke results or whatever i'm like you guys just had me on tv talking about how i was on the two-stroke come on <laughs> that's awesome. but uh um so yeah that was good um was that your first but yeah, time I mean, doing I had, I had, no it wasn't my first time doing washugo it was definitely my first time riding a two-stroke in about a year yeah because i hadn't done it since straight rhythm last year so i don't really have much experience on the the two-stroke mm. but i mean it was fun i had a really good time <laughs> in the second half of each moto the first half was absolutely brutal because like all the roost going up those hills and trying to get around guys was just like nearly impossible um you because i'm pretty good at like out driving somebody into a corner or getting on the gas a little early and driving up a hill harder but when you're on a two-stroke compared to the 450s going up like horsepower hill and stuff like you, you can't outpower somebody uh -huh. 
so it was slightly frustrating but it was good i like the second moto when you were getting lapped the first time and you're going over that floater jump just pointing like hey go on that side <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so that was awesome um were the was the start kind of tricky too because i kind of didn't see you up towards the front at all in the start no either. it wasn't too bad but like dude it's it's brutal like you're going up a hill that's shaded you can't see anything yeah and if you're mid packs to back of packs like i was yep you are getting it's like literally you're standing there and just imagine just getting pelted by paintballs everywhere on your body <laughs> sounds great sounds absolutely like you can great. hardly yeah like you can't hardly even see like you're like closing your eyes because it hurts so bad kind of deal hmm. so it it's just gnarly i my starts obviously were a little bit off um jumps were good but just shifting and the pull of a 252 shirt is not the same as the 450 um and then yeah just trying to like I was just getting pulled so bad up the hills, the hill on the first lap. So like I would start maybe mid pack. And by the time I got to the hill, six more dudes had passed me. Yeah. Um, but Hey, I mean, you're on a, you're on a Red Bull KTM, so we can't complain, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Bone stock. Hey, so tell us about setting up for this race besides getting there, which is always a thing for us. Uh, like setting up a bike you've never ridden before. Tell, get, kind of give us like, what, how it go for you. What was that like? So well, it was kind of a stressful situation. So obviously we did PRR the first Thursday night. Bike didn't show up in time, so that was just a stressful situation. We'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> let's yeah. st let's stay on the uh, national for a sec here. Yes. So, well, long story short, after that. We didn't have a way to get it from the PRR to Washougal. Sick. So then I show up on Friday to get my bike work done, and I have press. I squeeze myself into press at 1 p.m. The bike did not make it to Washougal until 12.30 p.m. <laughs> so Sweet. I literally we, I had somebody else changing out handlebars and handlebar mounts while I was getting ready to then go ride a little bit. So it was just a little bit of a crapshoot in that situation um but it's part of it it's just they don't have the parking situation figured out very well at washugal um so yeah honestly but uh so yeah it just made that situation a little bit tough but yeah i mean we just took the stock bike it had an ecu that they had put in it and then they got me t2 vp fuel or whatever mm. so that's all that was done to the bike stock everything else changed handlebar mounts handlebars and put my suspension on it, and that was it. Wow, sick! Indeed, Red Bull KTM baby. <laughs> All right, let's talk. So let's talk the Thursday night. Is it PRR? PRR? Portland International Raceway. Raceway. Okay, cool. Yeah. So let's talk about that because there was like there were so many things going on there. So the bike doesn't show up. How the hell does the bike not show up here? Like, what was our what was our situation so there? There was a miscommunication. Um, so. I had asked the guy that owns slash allows me to get my stuff transported with the team. I said, are you guys going to Thursday night, like fair race and Washougal? And he said, yes. And I was like, okay, like just want to confirm, like if you guys are going to be there. I'll book a day, a flight a day earlier to come race that race before the national. Mm -hmm. So I was like kind of confirming, like you guys will be at the Thursday night race at Washougal which I shouldn't have said that at Washougal because he probably meant, or he probably took it as like, are you going to be at Washougal? Yeah, we'll be but there. I was talking about the fair race. So there is a miscommunication. Um, so I show up expecting my bike to be there and everything. And it wasn't there. So I was like, I honestly didn't know what I was going to do. Um, so I 
posted on my story, and then we were just kind of walking around, and it was actually Shane McElrath's father-in-law uh, was there. So he let me ride his bike and used his helmet, which he's a medium helmet. I'm an extra small. So, like, that was terrifying. Interesting. Uh, and, Shane's, yeah, dad, like, Shane's dad, when I was with uh, Grant Langston and KTM and those guys, Shane was one of the mechanics. He was AJ Catanzaro's mechanic. Hmm. Kind, of, kind of small world. Yeah. Well, this is this is Shane's father-in-law, yeah, so his yeah. wife's dad. Hmm. So, but anyway, uh, so put somebody else's. Uh, I had jersey and pants, but used somebody else's knee braces, helmet, goggles, <laughs> chest protector, boots, everything like that. Um, so got practice in, and then my bike got brought down from Oshugal by Max Miller, who's part of the team that transports my stuff. Uh, and he saved the day because it got there at 6.30. Heat races started at 7. So we ripped it out. I got ready, went up to the line, won the heat race, uh, and then in the main event, got out to a quick lead or an early lead and then just about ended my life. So got pretty scared there and just kind of – it spooked me a little bit. So I just kind of toned it down a little bit or it was like, eh, not, not crazy worth it. Yeah, so I had some fun. Fair race, you're feeling like, oh shit, I almost gave it up right there. Yeah. Oh man. Dude, so I could it was hard to tell by the video. Did your start like did your jump suck and then you just powered through into that first corner there? Yeah, you're looking yeah, at the dude, they all, everybody. They, then you're they all la- Yeah, they all laid off way too early. Okay. <laughs> that was what I thought, but I was like, maybe I'll check. And then what ended up happening on that jump? Like, did you just hit a rut wrong or what? what no, was I with so that? if you saw if you saw I I blitzed the whoops and we were all jumping the whoops. I blitzed those because I knew there was a thousand dollars up for the whole shot situation. <laughs> so I was just like completely said, screw it. And, uh, full fucking, so I was, yeah. So I was, I was moving with more momentum than I had all day. Mm. And I hit kind of like a, like I bottomed out on the top bottom of that face Mm. and it set me in more, more of an endo. And that was a big jump that didn't have a big enough face to get all the way over it. So you were landing rear tire first the whole time all night. So when I went off of it and got that sensation and then also was landing front tire first, Mm. I don't know how my feet came off or why they did, but it, it gave me like the you got to bail over the front sensation That's kind of deal. Feeling. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't I haven't had that sensation in a long time, so I, I flailed a little bit and just thank God I rode that out. Flying yeah. W'd that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. So that that spiked the heart rate, made me a little bit sketchy and whatnot. So then like I mean I was pretty bummed to miss the podium by yeah. like half a bike length mm-hmm. by the end of it, but. Yeah, I just it it squirreled me out a little bit, so it right. is what it is. Still After fun that, night. You're like, ah, I'll just enjoy my night and go uh, race a national instead. How much money? Yeah. You how much money you win at that race? Uh, I got like twelve hundred bucks for fourth. Sweet. Plus a thousand bucks for the whole shot. So well, so oh, I oh didn't boy. get I didn't get thousand for the whole shot. So lame. One one of the officials said I got it. One of the officials said that Ryder Floyd got it. So instead of them taking the full amount away from either of us, yeah. I just proposed let's just split it. So can we protest this? <laughs> Why? Just because I just feel like you got that, so we should protest it. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. So, uh, it is what it is. So what's a what's the plan for the two weeks off here? What'd you say? What's the plan for the two weeks off here? Uh, go back home, try to enjoy a little bit this week, um, and then track build, supercross track rebuild um, happens. The, okay, so enjoy time this week. Birthdays next week. 
And then the last week before Unadilla is when Supercross Track Rebuild goes down. Sweet. So they'll be all coming there and whatnot. And um, we will see what our racing plans in the future look like. But, yeah, we'll kind of see on that. I'll keep you in the loop. But I don't want to say too much on here. How old are you, Big Kev? How, are, how old are you next week? Uh, I'll be 24. Wow. Prime, baby. That's awesome. Prime. Dude, I know. It feels I, like I remember when I was – rolling around saying i was 18 years old traveling the country racing like man time's going fast i say enjoy it because 24 to 28 is like super prime and then once you hit like 29 you start getting towards 30 and you're like fuck i'm staring at 30 now and then once you get over 30 like shit just doesn't work the same bro i gained i gained four pounds yesterday by eating three rolls at texas roadhouse all right like it's fucking ridiculous man 30s 30s hit you like another bricks i was already retired those rolls will get you yeah. Not that I was as good anywhere like that, but I was already long long retired before I was 24. Now I'm thinking back on it. There, There's a high chance here, high probability, that me and the chick are going to stop by on our way through Kansas there for lunch, dinner, something with you and the fam uh, next weekend. So, Oh, heck yeah. High, 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 pro- high probability here because it's not that far out of the way. You so better I, bring him a birthday present. Yeah. I give it like 95%. I am bringing a birthday present. Crisp high five and my amazing personality yeah. is going to show up. Yeah. I, will girl, probably, I, like it. I will probably also pay for the whatever the hell we go to, lunch, dinner, whatever the fuck cool. it is. The meal, right, the, bread, the bread we break. I know he's a struggling privateer and he only got half that whole shot money. If he got the whole thing. Actually, you know what? If he'd have won that two-stroke money, I'd be like, I know it's your birthday, but you're picking this tab up, bro. Yeah, I know you just got 100%. 20 grand. So. Yeah. so you got anything else for him here? So next race for you, what's uh, Unadilla or what, what's going on? In the, That's kind of- that. It, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, based off the points right now, I'm not gonna move outside of the top thirty, and I'm not gonna move inside of the top twenty. So Unadilla's it kind of depends. You would do really well. Uh, yeah, I know. Like the I could a lot go less there. Brutal, like the PNW dirt you just came. He's from. not coming yeah. to Iron Man. We're gonna have to beg, borrow, and steal to get no, some pit passes so- here. <laughs> no matter no no matter what I'm doing Iron Man, it's just the Unadilla okay. and Buds are kinda up in the air right now. Okay, because right. Unadilla so they come on August eighth to start rebuilding the track. Yes. I would have to leave the tenth to head to Unadilla. Hmm. So then I would get to see them pretty much tearing down the old track and would not be there for any of the building process. So I hmm. wouldn't be able to give any of my two cents. I wouldn't be able to video it the way I want to video it and do a vlog on it and video and, you know, do that whole spiel of situation. Which is prime. And, yeah, so I'll probably, as of right now, the way I look at it, save the body, take those two weeks off, race Ironman, get ready for Super Motocross, and then, because after that, like, dude, I'm not going to stop racing for another eight months probably because I'll go, imagine I race Unidilla and Buds. I get two weekends off here. I'd rather make it four weekends off, so I pretty much get a month off. This would be kind of like my off season. Yep. Uh, and then go take those two weeks off. Then you go. Sorry. Okay. So we take those two weekends off. Then we have Unadilla, Buds, Ironman, one weekend off, Super Motocross, Super Motocross, Super Motocross, World Supercross, weekend off, World Supercross, weekend off, World Supercross, World Supercross, weekend off, weekend off, World Supercross. Boom full-on prep for three weeks and then go racing supercross here in the states sounds like you're living the absolute dream 
You hear a lot of people say I live in the dream thing, and most of the time it's like somebody that works at fucking Rite Aid, and you're like, oh, what's the dream? You're working at Rite Aid? No, this is living the dream right here. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, is pretty fun, man, but like doing a lot of it on the, on our own yeah, uh, is, it's it gets tolling when you do a lot of the traveling, and then on top of it, outdoors, like, especially not very uh, financially beneficial. Yep. And then, also, like, yeah, dude, I'm just, I think it would be smarter to save my body a little bit take a little bit of a break, come in, race Ironman, and get ready for super motocross. Like, there's no need to grind out every single outdoor that I possibly can. I was going to say, to be honest with you, the uh, the content for the Supercross build is probably worth at least the same amount or more than the content for at the outdoor races of you, yeah. you know, sneaking in the top 20 there. So, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I can't really blame you. Plus, when you lay it out there and you think about – the super motocross rounds, the WSX rounds, and then you got like three weeks before what's it called before the state start. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like okay, well, we probably should do this because yeah, because yeah. it's you're you're a busy guy in the off season also here with uh, trying to get your shit together. So, do you guys remember Indeed. when J- David Villeman's uh, Buku t- team was on? I think it was not Speed TV, but one of those ones, and they yeah, had TV yeah, shows. Yeah, no, it was on Mav or something. Mav, or maybe it was Mav. Speed Channel. It was like OLN maybe. Oh, anyway, it's oh, one yeah, of those ones. Yep. So they wish they had a Kevin Moran's and all the shit. They had all the drama with David Villeman and all the weirdos they had over there, but they wish they had a Kevin Moran's because like his vlog has so much content. They, he just needs like four cameramen following around all the time. <laughs> That'd be nice. Look, the vlog at the vlog at Iron Man's gonna be good because I'm gonna be there to get some B roll for ya. So hey, speaking of which, he's dragging me along with him. Uh, if you ha- if you need any help at the national, we'll be there. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we'll have Dad there, so uh, I can get awesome. two mechanics passes, so it could be the old Frank Rands, Tom. The old Frank Tom uh, tag team. All right, let's go. Dude, one of these yep. rounds, I'm gonna have to mechanic for him just Uh-oh. so that I can do, just so I can talk about the experience of being a privateer mechanic <laughs> at a race, dude. We'll have to do it at another fair cross. Oh, man, <laughs> I mean, I can hold a fucking pit board out. Okay, it's not that hard. Look, here's the rules of the day, Kev. Don't hit the deck. I'm not replacing shit. All right, I'll wash the bike <laughs> yeah, off. <laughs> I'll wash the bike. I'll change the air filter. I'll check the tire pressure. Shit, even that isn't if as you easy. Cr- if you crash, if you crash and bend shit, we're done. All right, that's it. We're done. Wrap it up. We're drinking beers and watching the next, the rest of the moto. All Shoot, right. Sometimes even oh that ain't so easy. Like Red Bud last year, we the water ran out of the track, so we were running around trying between motos, trying to find friggin' water and a pressure washer and stuff. Like simple yeah. things aren't even so easy when you're privateer boy, right? So it's tough. But like I said, I need to do it at some point. I need to go to a race where I'm like, okay, I'm media, but I'm media learning about this side of it because I haven't done that side of it ever. So yeah. So one one of these years, Kev. One of these years. <laughs> hey, hey, what we got? I'm you? down for it. The thing that's the beauty of having this podcast is not so much like the hey, here's what happened last week. The th- the couple thousand people that listen to it. It's by the by the time you're retired. There are 600,000 people that listen to the episode. Don't give a crap about what you did this week. They care about where you're at in your career, what you're at, what you're living through, right? So when you just went and you did this race and you had all this chaos trying to get your bike and your gear and all the other crap there, those kind of experiences are really where the value is, right? So when yeah. where you're at right now, I'm sure there's like some lessons learned stuff and things like that. But this is a kind of a new avenue for you because now it's not just you in, a, in your van with a generator on the back door. 
it's you and your girlfriend and your family's involved and that kind of thing. So what's it like right now for you, Kev? What's what's being number 80 for the next two months here? What's that like? Yeah, 100%. No, it's it's fun. And that, I mean, I would have to agree, like, in the situations I'm in, it can get exhausting and, like, be like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> one thing after another. But it's always is fun to look back on them. And that's why I do enjoy the vlog situation is because, like, Rachel and I travel these races like go so quickly that you can look back on it and watch it and relive it kind of deal. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's enjoyable to do that. Like I enjoy watching the vlog just as much as everybody else. That's awesome. So you're, you're fresh still too, man. Wait till you get like five, six, seven years down the road. Cause like I, like I started doing the vlog thing in the show in like 2016 or something like that, 2017. And now, uh -huh. now it's to the point that like Facebook will bring up old vlogs in memories, um, and then I'll like watch them and be like, "Oh man, look at that was the color of my truck. Look at all the hair I fucking had back then. <laughs> like yeah. dumb shit like that. Like you know." But it's like it. You, I mean, like they say, you're essentially creating a video log of your life, yes. and and then in 20 years, when you have kids who are old enough to understand things, you can be like, "Look, this was your dad back in the day," you know. And show them, and they can go, "Wow, look at look at Dad there," you know, and or, or yeah. grandkids in fifty years or whatever, you know, and and that's like that's the same thing that I'm like, you know, even though I'm just sitting here talking about dumb, pointless motocross. At, at some point in the future, my offspring and their offspring can watch it and go, "Look, yeah. there's Dad, there's Grandpa, like." man, he was really into this or whatever. Look at his personality there, even though I'm not talking about anything. It's just, it's it's great to have on top of the fact that you can use it for marketing here, which is even better. Yeah. And like I said, it, we're going to crush this B-roll game at Iron Man. So yeah, the Iron so Man vlog is going to be that's, great. That's why I like it too, is like, I mean, God forbid anything happens to me or, you know, a family member that, or a friend that's in the vlog, or like, you know, there's there's memories to be had with the people that are a part of it. And I think that's cool for, you know, un you don't want to think about it, but any kind of tragic situation or whatnot, like there's video evidence and there's memories you can go back to no matter mm -hmm. what happened this is to really like, I, it's, I, it's, yeah, it's creating memories and like being able to, you know how it is. Like just how you said, like when you get a vlog that pops up from your past, like, Oh shoot. And then all the memories flood back in of what you were doing that day and that trip and yada, yada, yada. So mm -hmm. it is pretty cool. Well, and just like last weekend or whenever it was that your dad was in the vlog, like dude, first off, yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah, Frank, dude, I love it when he's yeah. in there. And then, but like, dude, like when you go, when you go back later, like you and him are going to be able to sit there in 20 years and watch that and be like, man, y'all, you remember that race, dad? Yeah, and he's going to be like, hell watch. yeah. And then like, you're, like yeah. you're just going to go down it. So, I mean, I have the same thing with the personal vlog I did back when I started, even though it didn't go anywhere. But it's like I have those memories now locked and loaded in video, ready to go at any point. So, yeah, that's a beautiful thing. So right before I came here, as soon as I rolled in, we, we called you. So like we haven't even started the rest of the regular show yet. But right before I came here, I was at a like a funeral memorial for uh, my little brother's girlfriend's little brother anyways long story short i really thought a lot about like the legacy and the purpose stuff right he was young he was he was your age a little bit older than you kev so like think about uh -huh. the the legacy of that well his where where the memorial of it was for him like you're living what you're gonna look back on and what your grandkids are gonna look back on that stuff so to have yeah. this and to, to be able to kind of look back on it it's a real beautiful thing oh thank you i appreciate that these are the glory years for you bud but really 
we all we all look back on our 20s and go man we were so awesome then <laughs> whether we were or not who the fuck knows yeah. but we felt awesome then so yeah, that's yeah, funny all right, man. Well, I appreciate you calling in. I know you're delayed and stuff, but I'm sure that, uh, yeah, sitting there talking in the airport is not a lot of fun. So, um, so it's all good. So, yeah, so we appreciate you coming on. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you this week, man, and keep you posted on what the plan is here next weekend when we're rolling through. So Number 80 in Howdy. your program, number one in your hearts, hearts ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Sounds good. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Later, bud. Thank you. All right. All right, Kevin Morantz, everybody. We are going to take a quick break here, get reset for the main part of the show. Again, like I said, we jumped in. Kev was on a limited time because his phone was dying, and then he was supposed to be getting on the airplane. So uh, we just had to get in and get that done. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. We will be back to go over the Washougal race recap and talk about all sorts of other stuff. I got a bunch of notes for a bunch of different things this week. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Yo, what is up, everyone? Welcome back. To episode 246. This is take three for us here. If I would learn to start the fucking audio recorder, we'd be way better off. So this show's off to a banger start. We run right in with Kevin Morans. And by the way, didn't even notice this. I forgot to shut the damn fan off back here. So I'm sure that sounds great. Between his airport noise and the fan that was blowing on us, I'm sure that was awesome. So that was the first thing. And now we just went through the intro or most of it. And I didn't start the audio recorder. Welcome to episode 246 here, Washougal Wrap-Up. We've got lots to talk about. In studio with me, he's got exes in Texas. <laughs> because I'm not going through everything I just said the first time, it's the one and only Tom Cooper. Well, hey, hey, buddy. Yo. Well, hey, I'm glad to be here. Tom Cooper has not been on the show since Iron Man last year, so yeah, he's back. We just He doesn't live that close, calling and scheduling calls and all that kind of shit because we don't get good service in here so we gotta call through the wi-fi it's all it's all a mess for okay? a minute there i thought i had gotten canceled you know uh, you know how all these well, weird liberal stuff happens i thought maybe you guys had gotten the the liberal bug out here and i was banned i don't know you never know nowadays speaking of canceled have you seen that patrick bet david uh thing with oh, anthony yeah. weiner him, oh. and, him and the other one uh who was the other one anthony weiner and then uh Cuomo? podesto oh podesto, podesto? yeah he had podesto on yeah podesta john podesta who might be chester bennington's dad i'm pretty sure it probably looks pretty pretty common. i don't know i'm gonna have to go back and watch that me and ashley were watching the one with with uh yeah anthony weiner last night yeah weird right the unhinged unhinged section i'm surprised he even came on there because he got he has to know that they're not gonna he give him got no hammered and i've never seen patrick get upset and then patrick got upset feisty yeah and i was like wow this is a new side of him yeah. but anyway that go check that out patrick Beck david anthony weiner uh <laughs> even if you don't watch the whole thing there's a 18 minute segment of anthony weiner coming unhinged it's fucking awesome so anyway Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, before we get started here, let's thank the sponsors here. So we're going to start off with always with us. Kind of new, but like through the same. Uh, the mad scientist, Coach Rob, has started a new company called Complete Med Solutions, and they will scientifically help you with your blood work to figure out what you need to do to become a better athlete, both on and off the bike or what, whatever kind of sports you're doing. They can help you figure out uh, what is essentially wrong with you, for lack of a better term, uh, through your blood work. It doesn't require any orders for labs through your doctor or anything. You just get your blood drawn, you send it off to them, and they, him and his panel of doctors go through it, and they tell you what you're lacking, whatever. I'm trying to get a TRT subscription, low test, 
maybe it's not low. Maybe I'm just trying to have extra high test. Yeah, I'm trying lady. to spike that up here. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, but no, I'm, uh, it's just a joke. Um, but anyway, like I said, they will help you scientifically through your blood work. So make sure to check them out. CompleteMedSolutions.com. Link in the description down below. The blood work thing, let me get in here a little yeah. bit. The blood work thing is super important because, like, for example, I retired in 2012 mm-hmm. and right around that same time I, cr- I crashed uh riding a supercross track backwards and shattered my shoulder but i also Sounds crashed dumb. in, in sand and the, the end of the handlebar was sticking up and i landed on the on my gut on the end of the handlebar and i was sick as a dog for like seven years and we couldn't figure out why and we found a bunch of shit but they, they did a bunch of tests and like forty thousand dollars and 13 doctors later what we ended up doing was <laughs> fixing it with supplements and it was like zinc and all kinds of like really minerals mostly yeah and if i had done the blood work like regular doctors will not do this because they're not trying to fix you they're trying to treat you yep but if i had gone to my current chiropractor who's almost going to retire now because he's so fucking old uh if i had gone to him in the beginning i would have probably still been racing for another five six seven Hmm. years but you can tell a lot of that stuff by blood and hair samples and it's amazing the deficiencies is a big thing. So you can you can really like turn up B, uh, like your B complex, all your B, B vitamins and stuff. But just finding the deficiencies mm-hmm. is a huge thing. Because like for example, without zinc and vitamin B, you're not making shit for stomach acid. So then your pancreas has to work overtime, which makes you nauseous. And like I was mm-hmm. vomiting bile, and it, it's funny how all this works. So get your blood done, get your hair tested, and you'll be able to turn that yeah. in without having to go through seven years and forty grand. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. Also on board with us here presenting the show, TLR Coatings. We are in the TLR Coatings studio here. Michigan's number one custom powder coat shop. Everything from two-tone wheels to motorcycle parts. So if you're doing a a vintage bike restoration or anything like that, they can help you out with that. Uh, If you're local in Michigan, you stop by the shop anytime. Check out the color selection. Check out some of the projects we're working on. Drop your stuff off. If you're not local, you can ship us stuff. We ship stuff in and out all the time. So that's not a problem. Make sure to check them out. TLRcoatings.com and on all the major social media networks at TLR Coatings. Um, we've got Holster Co. on board with us. I got a Holster Co. Reload rant coming up. You got a rant? You want to rant about something? Sure. Give me a couple minutes to think about something. Uh, well, we got some time. <laughs> We're not jumping into that right right off the bat. Uh, we have a stupid TLR tinfoil hat that was brought up to me by someone. Like people on the internet will say fucking anything. Oh, so. I'm tinfoil all day. Let's uh, go. Oh babe. no, no, no. This is motocross related. Oh, okay. Well, we're not cool we're anyways. not doing the other tinfoil <laughs> podcast yet. Um, Everyone that's watching it has ever met either of us is like, okay, we're yep. ready. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we got a TLR tinfoil hat um, uh, section with something that was set that was written online that's fucking dumb, but I'm gonna read it anyway and then make fun of it. Uh, even though people do that to me, but that's fine. I mean, it's part of the internet. Uh, like I said, we got Holster Code Reload Rant. Uh, we have the Isaac Nelson Designs Deegan Danger Zone. That's going to be fun. And uh, we've got Gutterworks bringing you our 450 race recap, and Adept Creative Co. going to bring you our 250 race recap. And we got a couple other things to kind of talk about here that have happened over the last, uh, last couple weeks here with the moto industry. Um, so to start right off here, we're going to jump right in. Your 450 race recap brought to you by our friends at Gutterworks. Gutterworks, always well hung, just like Justin Barsha. Josh and Kayla, great moto people, uh, and they will do exterior modifications to your house and make it look fucking just uh, beautiful. Librettos? Librettos. Good yep. people. Good people. Great people. Got like 400 kids. 
Perfect. I'm not even sure she can keep track of all of them at any one time. But they all ride, which is awesome. That's why you're trying to get that TRT, so you can pump about seven or eight of them into Ashley, isn't it? I can't afford that. <laughs> uh, Josh makes a shit ton of money, apparently. Yeah, I cool. don't make anywhere close to that. So anyway, um, all right. So 450 race recap here. Okay. So we're going to fire right off here. And this is going to be great because I haven't had you on the show for a while here. Yeah. So I don't have mu- – we talk a little bit, but mostly we're talking business when we're talking. Yeah, we're business guys. Uh, so I, I don't have a whole lot of insight on what your thoughts are here. Okay, so Jet goes 1-1 again at a track that he, A, says should not be on the schedule. Yeah. So he clearly doesn't like Me it. Me too. He has not gone 1-1 there, period, end of discussion, in the 250 days. Um, this was one of the tracks I thought was going to be a big hurdle. There were two. Yeah. There's two on the schedule. This one – and Unadilla. Oh. And I'm still thinking the Unadilla one's going to break the streak, but we'll see. Wow. Um, but, dude, he still made it look easy. I, did you watch the qualifying no. show? I tried to. Dude. Fucking Peacock, Peacock got me. Q, Q2 there. He, he was he like third, fourth, fifth, something like that for like Q1. Mm. And they're like, I don't know how close he'll get to the top or whatever. As soon as Stu says that, which is like the, it's like the curse. Boom. He goes like 14.5 or something, and he's like a couple tenths off. Comes around the next lap. Boom. 214.1. He's so good. In the second qualifying session. And it was just like, it was unbelievable, man. Um, Kind of wild track. We're going to get into this as the show goes on. But just the dirt alone is so wild because it's kind of like California where it's a it's it's clay, it's a slick base, Mm -hmm. but it's also loamy. So once you get through the loam and it gets slick, yep, you'll you'll be traction then then spin. Well, when you're in the shadows and stuff, the track dries out differently. Like the first corner, for example, like it was all dusty. It's Mm -hmm. dusty on top, and then slick on the base. So Mm -hmm. you're coming into that, and you got to be real careful about that. So that's one of the biggest challenges for Washougal is you get a guy like Jet and he could be hauling ass and then slides out and. Yep. There goes the season. Just like Hunter did yesterday, which we'll get to in the 250 class. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think Jet gets beat this year? No. You think Chase is really good, though. Chase is really good, and Dylan Ferranis is really good at Unadilla. Kenny's going to be at Unadilla, too. Oh, that's great. And Kenny's a fucking monster at Unadilla. So, as everybody knows, I'm a huge Jet homer. I've I've been preaching perfect season since the beginning here. (laughs) However... Knowing that Kenny's coming to Unadilla mm. and Kenny is a monster there. Be tough. I I mean, dude, Kenny gave him fits at high point. Yeah. And that was basically, I mean, you can say off the couch, who really knows? Right. He didn't have a lot of prep, let's put it that way. So now he's had some more time. He knows he's coming he's coming to Dilla and Buds. Buds, I don't think he touches Jet. I think Buds, it looks a lot like high point, where even if he gets a start and he's leading Jet for a while there boom he's off um and jet and jet gets it but the unadilla one makes me nervous because jet i don't know if you remember last year he was not good at unadilla mm. it didn't go well for him at all now maybe the 450 straightens that out because again he hasn't been great at washugal he's so good but dude it is it is wild how good he is all right so we're talking about jet but i want to really preface this right now normally unadilla you got two things that happen you got Rookies coming up from Loretta's, which doesn't really affect 450. Nope. But then you got a lot of Euros that come over, like Clement and Sal, and all those yeah. guys come over a lot of times for Unadilla, and it suits them well. Do I you haven't heard any? anything about that yet. Okay. Any Anybody coming that hasn't been here yet. I haven't heard anything. I don't think Hurlings is healthy enough to ride I wish yet. he was. I wish he I was. I do, too. But, um, yeah, so I I'm still... 
85%, 90% that we're going to get this perfect season. Let's put it this way. If he makes it through Dilla and he goes 1-1, he perfect seasons it. I'm a little bit of a gambling man. Are you going to put something on Jet? 24? Well, is it still 24? No, it's 22. We only got 11. Are you, I, I don't... You, if I you don't, had $20 in your hand, are you putting it on Jet going to 22 and 0? Man... My dude, I mean, you're almost there. The bit I know the big wild card is that Kenny's gonna show up to race. Yeah, and dude, Kenny's so fucking good at Unadilla. Yeah. Like Kenny's so like Kenny can go all year and not do shit, and then he gets to Unadilla and he wins by 35 seconds. Mm. Like it's just wild. So I I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm like 85, 90 percent still that we're gonna go perfect season because he's just now he did show a bit that he was human yesterday because he didn't lead every lap. Yeah, the he first time. did follow for a couple of laps there before yeah, he zapped like the first people. Lap, I think it was Fernandez's first lap, right? He he followed just long enough to <laughs> fuck up my first to the finish line fantasy shit, so that I couldn't get those points. But yeah, that's. <sighs> I'm not a. I never have been a fantasy guy. Maybe I should be be on this show, but I'm a. I'm a little bit of a riverboat gambler. And, yeah, you know we might have to put some wagers on this one. I don't know why I don't know why you don't play fantasy then because you could join industry idiots for a hundred bucks to try to win some money. Because it's, it's I mean it's essentially gambling. I mean it's like it's I don't know, it's just different. So um now on another side note here, this has been brought up this week and I thought this was interesting. So it's obviously as good as he is here and the perfect season talk, the only other people the perfect season are Ricky and James. And everybody's like, oh, it's not the same. He's not going to go 24. It's only 22. All the shit like that. Which which Man. James has even... James started prefacing this at, like, Thunder Valley of, like, yeah. well, even if he does, it's only 22, you know? That which, part of it's pitter-patter, like, but... Yeah, which, whatever. Perfect season's perfect season. However, it is important to note that, like, James and Ricky were, like, 23-24 when they had theirs. I so, remember which both is like, happening, and they were crazy. Which is way older than Jet is. Yeah, that's true. He's 19. He might really go and be competing for Carmichael's records. It's, it's a real <sighs> chance. I'm here to tell. I'm here to tell you, dude. Uh, McGrath was on Pulp last week, and he's like, he's like, look, we haven't seen him ride Supercross yet. He goes, but you got to think he's 19. <laughs> if he goes in and wins six or seven at least the first year, he's like. I could be looking at the backside of second place for all-time wins here yeah. at Supercross, you know. So I haven't watched Pope in a long time, but I, think I listen to it hard. every week because there's lots of good info in there. There's lots of good little tidbits they throw in, and that's why I listen to it because I like to have that insider information. I'm a little and, out of the loop on that stuff. And they will make different comments that, like, you would think are are harmless, but then I start connecting dots with things I know. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. So anyway, um, all right, cool. So let's go. Let's the reason I don't, wa- I haven't listened to and don't watch that is because I, I don't like when people just talk shit. Mm-hmm. And Steve's a pretty good dude, but one time he really uh, let it let it fly about Kyle Regal, and uh, we aren't best buds, but you know he grew up. Mm-hmm. We wrote a lot, you know, like that yep. kind of stuff. And fuck that, Steve, I don't play that. Uh, one thing I will say is Steve is very much not scared to say what's on his mind about yeah. things. So. I'm a respect guy, though. And if you, yeah. I'll tell you some shit, but I'm going to be respectful about yeah. it. And, like, that's my he, guy. I'll he will. Fucking ass. He also, I believe, is like all of us, is he will get with his buddies on that show, and he will get going on something, <laughs> and it, his mouth runs faster than I think he wants it to. Things that he probably wouldn't say normally, 
but it's just like yeah it's like sometimes when me and justin get going and we just start rattling off you know it's funny shit that like you would say like oh fucking james stewart would never beat bob hannah or some dumb shit yeah, like yeah. that you know on the tailgate of the <laughs> truck but then you say it in a public forum and you're like oh fuck yeah it's on record for the next yeah years. yeah so all right so uh sexton goes two two couple of tip overs there second moto tip over i 100 agree he went in drug the shifter through that rut on the inside and hit neutral it. he didn't stall it he hit neutral you can watch him like as he starts to roll on it's like power 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 and there's just like mm. and then he falls over so which wasn't pushing the front but it's still like ah oh, man okay and, so this is a perfect time to mention that i always yeah. thought that it was the dumbest thing that in full race bikes that you're able to get into neutral without pushing a some kind of lever or something just like a hot start used to be yeah yeah yeah. like why the hell can i even get into neutral on i don't know bike? isn't that the dumbest thing ever i don't know give me a little lever and if i don't touch the lever then don't fucking give me neutral i'll be honest i'm not a good enough en- engineer to know how to do that i assume it could be done very easily yeah but again i'm not an engineer and then the other thing you gotta think too is they're like well if you crash in the middle of the race or something like that happens to chase do you really want him having to think about that too as opposed to just like normal popping it into neutral i don't know it's it's one of those like splitting hair things dude chase is super good but man he is like they're like he just doesn't quite have it and and we're gonna get into the tlr tinfoil hat here with some information that was brought forward slash this stupid opinion that's happening and i'm just like i don't know let me start by saying that i really respect jane stewart but I don't love how they talk about Chase on the broadcast. Did you? Did I don't you, love it. Did you watch the Southwick race? Yeah, where James basically told him to tuck the front end just so he I, didn't feel I so think bad. That's so that's such bullshit. It, uh, dude. I mean, but here's the thing: we all know, we all know, in the infamous words of Steve here, that these riders are all fragile butterflies mentally. And like, think about it. How is how is Chase feeling right now that this nineteen year old kid jumps up to the four fifty and he is spanking him? Yeah, and, and one I of mean, the best y- of all time that you used to pay to coach you is shit talking you on the fucking live broadcast. That's the craziest thing ever. Well, did you hear? Did you hear Jet? This this was brought up or this was shown several times yesterday. How about Jet being like, "Oh yeah, at Spring Creek, I knew he was coming, so I slowed up to let him get close to mm. me, so that that way when he was there and he attacked, I had more energy." I didn't hear that, dude. He said it, and they played it a lot. He literally said, and then it was funny because when they played it on the broadcast, Weege then called out James. It was like, you wouldn't know anything about that, would you, James? Mm-hmm. Chad Reed, I heard that part. Yeah, yep. and Ashley's like, what's he talking about? I'm like, dude, there was a race that Reed was talking some shit to Unadilla. Stu. Yeah, Unadilla. I'm like, and Stu literally got a, I don't remember if he got a bad start or whatever, but he caught him, passed him, and then pulled over and let him by, and yep. then passed him again and told him never to fucking talk about it again. Unadilla 03. Chad yep. Reed was on the 103. It was 03 Yamaha. or 02. I thought they said it was 02. I, mean, I don't I remember. Wrong, but one of those years, but yeah. Chad Reed on the 103 Yamaha. I've Dude, the best fucking move ever. The best fucking move ever. And I that mean, follow the rest of their career. So you think about mm-hmm. the, like the, what that does to the mental of your yeah. opponent. So like what Jet just did there, although not not great. It, what he did was he totally flexed on him and he totally mind fucked him. I I mean the the funny thing is is like we all talk about like and and not just us. This is everyone all the way up the chain of fucking media for this. All talk about he's got more in the tank than what he's using yeah. right now against these guys. He looks like he's cruising, doesn't he? Yeah, and then we're all like we're all like I don't know maybe like, I, don't, I don't know. And then he makes a comment like that and you're like holy shit he really does have more in the tank. Like dude, how I mean. You've raced, I've raced, 
And even though we both suck, at no point was I slow enough to let the guy behind me who I was pacing catch me to know so that that way when he did put a charge in, I was fresh. Yeah, I don't think I've ever done that really, just to fuck with people, but I don't, I don't suck, but you know. I've never done that in anything. No, not a go-kart, not on a dirt bike, nothing. If I could get away from you, I was going. I've never done it in like a serious race. I do like you do it all the time with your buddies and yeah, like that, but, like, but that that's a completely different thing too than like hey like this guy really will come up and pass you yeah and like that's gonna cost you hundred grand so I don't know dude that was if I'm jet I'm watching that but or that Unadilla O three maybe it was O two let me ask you this so we've me and Justin kind of touched on this before and maybe it was me and Hopper and Chris on Hopper's show too kind of touched on it that like. Jet is a guy that wants to know he can beat everyone, okay? And he works on that confidence by by actually beating them. He hasn't had to race Tomac yet. Yeah, I think about this a lot, actually. And it, it's out there. Dan Truman openly said that, like, at the practice track a few weeks ago, Jet came up to him and was like, hey, you think I beat Tomac? And, and Dan's like, no. He's like, I, I think you would beat him occasionally, but he's like, I don't think you would beat him like you've been cleaning everybody else's clock. Yeah, he also had more in the tank too, Eli Tomac. Yeah, so the, so the real the real question is is like, we all at this point think I'm 99 percent sure Tomac's going to come back ride Supercross next year. Obviously, Jet's going to be there with this huge boost of confidence here. Because let's face it, do you see anybody beating Jet at the SMX rounds either? Uh, so I, I'm glad you asked me. So th- there's three things I want to mention right now. First, I'll answer your question. I think that there are a few guys that could be there and scratch at it. Jason Anderson, Cooper Webb, Chase Sexton. Do I think that Jet is going to beat Eli? I don't know. But what I what I do think is that Jet goes fast going slow. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. He kind of he kind of can be so smooth. And Said that yesterday at Washougal. He's like, I got I in in practice when he dropped his time. He's like, yeah, I started slowing down to go faster. I don't know the last time I saw him where I was like, holy shit, he's sprinting right now. Mm-hmm. Although he does go fast. When I see Eli Tomac with like the junkyard dog, I'm gonna go through this corner. Mm-hmm. That ain't Jet Lawrence, right? So mm-hmm. I would like to see those two parts of their game go, go head to head yeah just like cooper webb is like got that dog in him mm-hmm. right uh cooper webb's kind of like that too if he can dust off the, the rust and he's I, uh, i'll tell you right now webb does webb is not anywhere close speed wise to jet not anywhere close he's he may also be, going he, to the yamaha he it doesn't matter he may beat him uh, like i saw it this year with the ktm he's an opportunist he's chad reed against Stu and ricky yeah he he's an opportunist. So if if it's there, he could win. Yes, and I'm not saying he won't ever Especially win again. Supercross. Yeah, and I'm not saying he won't ever win again. But you get all of them out the same start, and they're having a halfway decent night. He doesn't. He does not have that top end speed. I don't know that he's that much faster at Supercross than our champion either. Like Chase Sexton, he's also fast as hell. Have you noticed something else? Something else I noticed too a couple weeks ago. I don't remember where it was. Maybe it was maybe it was Southwick. Um. So last year, we saw Chase battle Eli, right? Yeah. And we were like, oh, Chase is so smooth and all this stuff, and Eli's just a bulldog. And now you watch Chase ride against Jet, complete opposite. You're like, dude, Chase is bulldogging this shit. Just and, jittery looking? And Yeah. And like, like, he, like, I can't remember. I think it was Southwick, and I'm watching Chase ride, and Chase is just like, looks like Tomek, like just bulldogging, like, I'm going to plow through this corner. And then you got Jet just like, whoop, 
let's jump. Oh, look, bumps. Okay, sweet. Oh, whoops, and sweet. Here we go. And I'm like, holy shit, what a flip in 12 months yeah. of like, oh, man, Chase is so smooth. And then now you see him ride against Jet, and you're like, he's not smooth at all. That's interesting you say that about Jet jumping through breaking bumps and stuff because what, I never really saw that in the States, except for James to do it some just because he's going so fast. But where I really saw that was the Canadian Nationals, mm. uh, Colton Fasciati, Tyler Medallia, and <laughs> T-Dags. He's awesome. He's such a cool guy. It's hilarious. And uh, 87 different styles of handlebars every day to test. It's fine. Blair Morgan back in the day, too, but especially Colton Fasciati. I would see. I would watch them. Dusty Clatt, too. Yeah. They would, their, their tracks get rough as absolute fuck, and they're not like the same shape, but they would like BMX bunny jump, mm-hmm. bunny hop the, the braking bumps, and they yeah, make yeah. rhythms out of them. I'd never seen that in my career. That's when I saw it, and I was like, oh, i got to learn this right now. Hmm. And it helped me a lot, but Jet does that a lot more than average. Jet does a lot. T and the Frenchies do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Marv's not in it, but he's a, he's common to see to do that, too. So you don't think Sexton beats him at all this year? Outdoors? Nah, I don't know. Supercross, yes. I really don't think that he's going to be... I don't think he'll go... No, there's, there's no way... We've never seen that, and I would highly doubt that we're ever going to see someone do a perfect season in Supercross. There's just too many variables on the, essentially the start, the start, and Supercross. So I, I don't ever see that happening. Um, but okay. So uh, all right. So moving on here. Um, so Ando goes four four for third. Okay. He doesn't seem to have his edge, but let me tell you, he's still a dog. He he can go. Ando doesn't have the speed outdoors. We saw that last year. Like he got broken last year outdoors with Tomac and Sexton running away from him by thirty or forty seconds every round. He like you could literally see it at the beginning of the year. Like he's in the press conference because he was like the third best dude, and it was like okay, sweet, okay, sweet, okay, sweet. And then at a certain point, you just saw him kind of be like, I don't fucking have this speed. Like yeah. I thought I had it, I don't. And like it, it's just that way again. Like he just he just doesn't have that speed now because the field's depleted. It doesn't look as bad because he's getting third. But like you put Dylan Ferrandis on a bike he likes that's set up properly for him, and Dylan's going to beat him all day long too, every single race. And then you put Tomac out there, and all of a sudden Ando's just like barely a top five dude. You know, Jason's one of those guys where we're just talking about how Jet tiptoes around the track. Yeah, he goes so fast. Jason is going as fast as the track can hold him. Yeah. I'll be interested to see what he looks like on that Triumph in a couple of years here. He's, he'll be like later in his career. He'll be like, well, yeah, he's thirty, so he's yeah. gonna be like thirty-two when he gets on that. But I one hundred percent believe he's on Triumph for one or two years because he's gonna go. He'll race Kawasaki's next year, and then in twenty-five when the Triumph four fifty comes out, he will race on that team. Mm. So, um, Dylan goes three-five for fourth. What were you just saying about his bike? Is his there, bike's fucking terrible. He hates there, that bike. He absolutely hates. I don't know why they can't get that thing set so up. Much over a year. Twenty three was a new bike, yeah. new frame, new whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they struggle with it in Supercross too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's why. And and they can't. They cannot get it set up for him. You, you watch it. Justin says all the time, like it looks fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. And then he, the way he speaks about it, it's bad. He's he's not. He doesn't have a deal for next year. Really? He's he's out at Star because Star is going to be. Uh, Cooper Webb, Eli Tomac, and Justin Cooper, and then wow. and then um, like everywhere else is full. So I heard he's talking to the Hep guys, uh, and but Hep is going to change manufacturers, and I'm not sure to who yet. I've heard rumblings of KTM, but I'm not 100 percent yet. Um, but on, that's Kawasaki. Uh, Kawasaki will be AC and Anderson again, and 
possibly Forkner at some point. On a 450. Forkner's contract is written that he has to have an opportunity to ride a Kawasaki 450 before he can be let go. Cool. Which we're really surprised they didn't stick him on a 450 for outdoors this year to just get that gone and get him off that team. So that's super interesting that that's happening too. We're not really sure where that's going. Hmm. Um, But yeah, but basically. Maybe a Rock Tickle Pro Circuit 450. Yeah, but basically Dylan's been floating around that like, yo, I don't have anything, so I'm just going to retire after this year. And then from what I'm hearing, like the talk of the wives, like the legit in crowd, you know, wives there with all of them. It's like, no, that that's like a real thing. That's not like a joke. Like that's like a real thing of like, if he doesn't get a deal that he finds substantial enough, he's done. Now, the big problem I've heard with him is that he won that title. Mm. So you know how it is with contracts. When you win the title, you're automatically bumped up because a lot of the contracts are written like, oh, like, say I'm making, you know, 400K this year. If I win this title next year, I automatically get 800. Base. Yeah. So his base went skyrocketed there in 21. So now it's a fucking problem for him. Husky 450s. Just Malcolm? Uh, Craig's on there for next year, too. Oh, yeah. And they're only going two. I like Christian Craig. So, yeah, yeah, but you for, we forget about him because he got hurt, and now he's had complications, so he hasn't been able to come back and ride. Yeah. So, um, AP goes 7-3 for fifth overall. Pretty good ride. He was feisty that second moto, got a good start, and ran up front there, so that was okay. I mean, this is this is just where I see Aaron slotting in is, like, just in the top five here as far as what's going on right now. We'll see beyond I think that. he has more in the tank. I think he has more to give. I just don't think it's that – wasn't his, that wasn't his opportunity. That KTM fucking blows. Think so, hundred percent. I think that he has a tough time on that California dirt. You didn't, you didn't watch the show um, where we talked about the Cooper Webb thing. So the way this has worked here is Cooper Webb came in and uh, this year and basically told him, "I don't want to run the Cone Valve Works suspension stuff." And KTM said, fine, no problem. Develop your own suspension, bring it in. So he was running stock suspension stuff with, you know, improved internals and everything. Well, then what happened is because they've been struggling with that so much, Plessinger came up and said, I want to run that. I want to bring my own stuff too. And all of a sudden KTM went, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm. We can't do this. So when they said, whoa, 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 we can't do this. They came out, they took Webb's suspension off his bike and that was the week right before oh. Red Bud where Webb was like, fuck you, I'm not going to ride. Wow. Then that's why he didn't ride. Had nothing to, like, okay, maybe he crashed. Yeah, maybe. But that's very questionable at this point. I have an inside person that's told me he actually saw him crash. But what I have do have an inside person tell me is that they came in and took the suspension that he'd been developing. Because, number one, they got to stop the bleeding with that. Otherwise, yeah. everybody's going to want to do their own thing. Number two, the comb valve side of things is a huge moneymaker for him. So if you've got your top guys out there not riding cone valves because they fucking suck with this bike, that's it. Game over. And there are multiple privateers I know who are riding the new model KTM that do not like it. Hmm. I mean, really don't like it. And I'm not going to blow them out here. Yep. I will tell you off the air about some things that have happened, <laughs> but they really don't fucking like it. Hmm. That new KTM, there's something that's not gelling with it. The, the Euro guys don't like it either. Mm. They're struggling over there, too. So, anyway, uh, yeah, so AP73, I think that's fine. He's got a deal for next year with them, so he's cool. I think he's a good fit there. For right now, I heard they've really, I heard they made him a pretty good offer to go ride GNCCs. Really? Yeah. They don't, they don't really want him on the moto side anymore. They want him, they want to put him over in the G. 
Think about the bravado he carries. He's doof yeah. nail, fucking mullet, cowboy hat, all that stuff. I have a hard time seeing the other the business end of GNCCs because I'm not involved with it, but it seems like it would be a much smaller market. Have you been to one? No. There's 4,000 people a weekend that show up to ride those. Oh. 4,000. national, though? Yeah. Wow. Because all, all of them run at the same time. It's just the pro classes take off first. Brutal. So you go and pay the same amount you do on a moto weekend, and you ride for three fucking hours. This starts in the morning, and you're done by fucking 12. Hmm. As opposed to like a moto, I got to go pay the same amount. I ride eight fucking laps, 12 laps, whatever the fuck it is, and I got to be there all damn day to sit around and wait for my motos. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that's, that's what it is. It's like the turnout is incredible there. Like hmm. you think a national weekend at Red Bud's busy? Go to a GNCC. Hmm. Um. I haven't personally been to one. I'm just hearing what people are telling me, and I'm like, no I've thing. been to rally races and stuff, but not a GNCC. Rally races are interesting, like the one up uh, in Atlanta, Michigan. Yeah. I went to the snow rally one up one time up there with some other uh, former former motocross pros, uh, Jake and Dane Marsak. Anyways, so we went up there, and it's in the middle of winter, and it's just like you go on the side of this fucking dirt road and start a bonfire and watch them fly by. Yeah. Sideways. It's super cool. It seems sketchy to me. Well, there's just people in the woods everywhere, right? Yeah. It's not like you're going to Red Bull and you got to stay behind a stupid fence and all that stuff. Like, you can yeah. literally just walk on the track and get hit. You yeah. You do it all the time, apparently. Scary. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. AC goes 5-7 for 6th, and he's just, I mean, he's struggling with the arm. That's he all. Told, he talked about on his Instagram how he's frustrated, but boy, I'm proud of the guy, honestly. I mean, dude, it's great for a guy that's riding with one fucking arm. I'll be interested yeah. to see once we get through the season here and he goes back and gets another round of stem cells, how that looks. All I hear is how great stem cell stuff is. But well, he know. had it done, but the problem is, is that you're supposed to have it. It takes I don't know how many weeks, and he just had it done on like an off weekend, so it didn't really get time to like take. So from what he said on his podcast, once the season's over, he had he had him take a whole bunch out because of course you know they shove a needle that's as long as your leg up your ass to take stem cells out of wherever, right? I didn't and, really take it out of you. Yeah, yeah, and oh. then um, so anyway. So he said they, they've cryogenically frozen extras. Wow. And so he'll go back and get a couple of more treatments of it in the off season here before he starts riding for 24. I'll need to watch his uh, his podcast thing he just started because I didn't know about that, but I did know about his ayahuasca experience, a little bit about that. He hasn't talked about that yet. I hope I didn't just blow his ass out because... No, no, uh, everybody very, knows very it, but he doesn't want to talk about it yet. Kind of taboo, right? Yeah, so... Uh, March Banks goes eight six for seventh. I'm super interested to see if he makes it into these SMX rounds on the 450. Oh yeah, because he might. <laughs> he and Ty look great on the 450s. I got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And they speak- don't have the they don't have the upfront speed. Yeah, they have the like right there speed. Speaking of that, Ty Masterpool goes six eight for eighth. They were talking on the broadcast about the training regimen stuff that they do there because his parents are both you know world class snowboarders, skiers. Dad's like his dad is a trainer for team usa or something isn't he is that what they said yeah with with skiing or snowboarding or something cool and they were talking about how they train at their facility or whatever but they they do it in such a way it's i don't remember what the term was they used that's very but it was super interesting yeah so Uh, it's cool to think about so even on the way here i was really thinking about so like it's been a long time since i raced anything high-end at all and I was training my absolute ass off back then, two days plus practice, mm-hmm. and I wasn't anywhere near where these guys are. Well, fast forward to today, I, uh, I play semi-pro hockey out of Detroit, mm-hmm. and I've been doing off-season training to play next season, and 
the training is totally fucking different. It's it's not even it's not even close. Yeah, and like and it's all a lot of heavy weights and stuff. And like I barely even do cardio. I skate a lot, which is cardio, but like mm-hmm. it's totally different. So you yep. think about the different disciplined trainers that the master pool family must be enlightened with. Like mm-hmm. if you just come from moto trainers only, like we have some real good ones, like our friend Rob Rob Beams here. But uh, to think about how different it must be, because you can do. I'd be super. I'd be super interested to talk to Mister. I'll call him just Mister Masterpool. Ty's dad there. Yeah. About like what they're actually doing, because like Coach Rob has a bunch of insights too, because he was he was uh, Olympic triathlete mm. status or whatever there for a while, so he learned a lot of stuff. Like for example, everybody's freaking out because every time they see Dylan Ferrandis on the podium this year, he's drinking a mini a mini Coke. Yeah, which right? is interesting to see, but that's but but Coach that's Rob's right Coach there. Rob's thing. <laughs> like literally, when I took his class, he was like, "Yeah, so you need to drink this because there is literally stuff in it, whatever it is. I don't remember exactly what he said, but it will refuel you between motos there or help with your recovery super well." It's the cocaine in there, right? Well, yeah, and <laughs> and like it's funny because the way he picked that up was at the USA uh olympic training facility and he went in there and he got done training one day and they were like where's your coke and he he laughed because he was like i haven't had a soda in you know however many years and they're like you're an idiot yeah and it's like these people don't understand that like the sugars and stuff in that as as terrible as the rest of it is for you and trust me i know i've deep dove into all the different food things that are terrible for you and that's horrible it can eat through shit but like the recovery it helps with because like i will drink one every single day after i train moto like i won't drink it on normal training but like moto day training i will drink i put a mini can in the fridge a couple hours before by the time i'm done it's cool and i'm drinking that when i'm done to help me recover and it works yeah so i would be super interested to talk to them about some of the inside scoop stuff they have going on for like training recovery because they train in texas like the other day they said they were training and it was like 114 degrees yeah they got a facility there like, yeah what they call it his nine five six yeah, yeah which is cool i, I remember all the whole thing happening with his brother that's, yeah that's that terrible but you know it's interesting to say that about coke because the only time i have coca-cola nowadays is when there's something else in there that makes it just about flammable like so, we are right now yeah a little bit in there 100 percent right <laughs> um all right uh so phil nicoletti goes 11 9 for ninth it's a good day for Phil. Yeah, he, good job, Phil. I mean, it's Phil, man. This is this is this is where I expect. No him to disrespect. Be. I'm glad that he's keeping going with his career, but I'm kind of just like, okay, dude. It's he's 34 years old riding. He's a hero to all of us yeah, at this point. Age. Yeah, a hero to us, all of us at this age. So that's, wild. that's cool. Um, Colt Nichols comes back uh, on the Kawasaki 450 SR. Cool for. Uh, he goes ten ten for tenth. I, I thought that was. See him ten, I didn't see him top tenning. That's no, I didn't either. I, I in fact, I was talking to Kev before the weekend. I'm like, dude, like, I don't know, like, you can probably beat Nichols, you know, because Nichols hasn't yeah. raced outdoors in several years now, and he wasn't really an outdoor guy per mm. se. So I thought that was a really good ride for him. Uh, Freddie Noren goes nine eleven for eleventh. He's probably not happy. He probably feels like he should be farther up than that, but whatever. I mean, maybe, but in my eyes, like. Freddie's good. He's not that. I don't think good. he's gel- I don't think he's gelling with that Suzuki super well. To be yeah. honest with you, um, Jose Butron goes twelve thirteen for twelfth. Okay, uh, Chiz goes seventeen twelve for thirteenth. That's because Chiz shows up anywhere there's a race any weekend and we'll race it. Uh, Shane shows up for second weekend in a row on his Bone Stock Blue Crew there and goes uh, fifteen fourteen for fourteenth. 
It's okay. I uh, love Shane as a person, but that's an okay finish. Yeah. Uh, Grant Harlan, a little weird finish for him here. 14-15 for 15th. He's been a lot better this year, so maybe it was just Washougal. We'll have to keep track of that going forward. Uh, Romaine Pope goes 16-18 for 16th. Jed Beaton shows up from Australia on a HRC Honda. Jed Beaton. That he was testing for <laughs> and completely fucked my fantasy into oblivion the second Moto 2. He goes 13-37 for 17th. Okay. Uh, Max Miller goes 19-16 for 18th. Josh Hill comes out of the woodwork here in the north in the Great Northwest. Okay. Uh, to go, yeah, to go 26-17 for 19th. And Anton Goal from Sweden goes 20-19 for 20th. Uh, looks like Carson Brown uh, is the highest finishing two-stroke as far as I know. He goes 18-21 for 21st, so congratulations to him. And let's see here. Anybody? I mean, Kev goes 28-26 on the Red Bull KTM two-stroke uh, for 26. Number 80 right there. Shout out. Yep. Um, Kessler goes 30-35 for 33rd overall. And that's it for really honorable mentions there. Anything else you want to talk 450-wise? Uh, Were you just good. on your phone? Well, here's the thing. So we lost a local Michigan racer a couple days back, uh, Mr. Kyle, Kyle Rothgood. And I don't I, know who that is. Well, he's a long long ways before your time. Uh, I, just one of them things. In this, in this uh, way of living... A lot of people get hurt. A lot mm-hmm. of people. A lot of people pass away, and for whatever yep. reason, I'm 34, and the the number of people that I've watched get buried in my lifetime is hard to even believe. Sometimes is it more or less than the Clintons? Well, the Clintons don't watch. The Clintons do this. Didn't see nothing, but uh, it's real disheartening how many people we lose, and some of them are uh, real unnecessary, and other ones it's just mm-hmm. God's timing or whatever. And, yeah, I just wanted to give him a shout out because that's it's okay. hard. It's hard to watch it all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean? This week we lost two or three people, so like, man, it's tough, you know. But yep, shout out. Cool. All right, so that's been your 450 race recap, brought to you by our friends at Gutterworks. Always well hung, just like Justin Barcha. Make sure to check them out. Link in the description down below. Let's how, cover. How do you have that inside information? <laughs> you didn't see this last year. I know nothing about this. So Justin Barcha wears super tight pants, right? And there are pictures zoomed in and you can see a big old unit bro oh, just hanging there and them bitches dude <laughs> cole's all about it like cole comes in and he's got dick pics on deck of like every fucking dude that wore tight pants yeah, at the funny. races that weekend it's a very cool thing to do um okay let's cover a couple of these kind of off topic subjects here um hold on let here's a topic me... so my theme for today as we kind of touched on with uh Kevin Moran's interview. We're really on top of my mind lately, especially today, uh, is like legacy and purpose. Okay. Right? So for me, like growing up, I started, I grew up on a little farm and I uh, started working at my grandparents' shop at seven. And it's like you try not to even get noticed. You just want to be there helping. Yeah. And then you're, when you're racing, it's like all about what you can do. Mm-hmm. And then you start working for teams and it's like, what can I do for the team? And it's a little bit bigger than you. And then now you and I are business guys and we both have guys on payroll. Yeah. And it's like, it's about your leadership and your kind of, it's a bigger legacy. It's a bigger, you're doing more than just working for yourself and what you can do for your own inside stuff. Yep. And like, you got the family stuff going on. So your legacy and your purpose is much bigger now. And, and the, the transition of that in my own life is very interesting. So I, I left a funeral earlier today from a kind of distant family thing. And 
to, to think about that and to think about how all this stuff changes as you grow and where guys like Kevin Moran's and these racers are in, in that transition in their life. It's very interesting to think about and how it makes you a different racer too because mm-hmm. you apply yourself differently. Yep. If you want to be a junkyard dog, and this is actually and this is another interesting thing I didn't think about. If you're a Cooper Webb and you're a junkyard dog racer and that's what makes you good, if you're uh, Josh Lichtel and you're fast because you hang it the fuck out, not because mm-hmm. you're better, just because you're a wild man fast. Yeah. Uh, you see a lot of those guys when they have the wife and kids at the house in not just racing. Racing is a, a good example. Is what, that's what we're here talking about. But also like hockey, where anytime there's a guy that's in a, a contract year or they have a newborn child, it totally changes the way their season goes. Mm-hmm. And it's and I kind of look at that, that not just a sport now. I'm looking at it across all of life, and it's like, hmm. And it's fresh in my mind because I just came from a fucking <laughs> another memorial thing today. But, yeah, interesting. Yeah. That's kind of my theme today, though. It happens, man. That kind of life stuff like that will jump up and slap you in the face, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Shit. So, <laughs> um, all right. So let's do uh, – I want to do the TLR tinfoil hat here. And again, this is even a step beyond what my normal TLR tinfoil hat is here. I should have brought my hat. I didn't. I didn't know I needed it today. So, well, so I got sent this here. So this is this is the quote, and tell me what you think about this. Okay, this was written online. I have no idea what the name is. This was just screenshot and sent to me. At this point, how much is Honda paying Sexton to keep tipping over every weekend so Jet will get a perfect season? You can't tell me this is the same guy that raced ET3 last year to the limits. It's one thing to have a few tip-overs, but when it's an every moto occurrence while gaining on Jet, I'm not buying it. We know Chase will be on a different team next year, and he's too talented to keep throwing races away. Just my thoughts. Hmm. TLR tinfoil hat. That sounds like a... I don't think that's the case here. It is interesting. I had another guy comment on a YouTube video of ours. And he did point out he's gone back and look at lap times and stuff. And Sexton is slower this year than he was last year, Mm. which is interesting, especially considering he still has a rabbit to chase in Jet. But he does, but he's out of the points, so it's the same. Yeah. Because last year he was was doing it out of hunger. He's out of the points, and he won a Supercross title. And he may not have a huge Supercross hangover, but there's still that million-dollar check in the bank. Every single time. Yeah, so I don't know, man. There's not a whole bunch of guys that have gone out. Like, the list is a lot shorter of guys who have won a a premier Supercross title and backed it right up with a premier outdoor title. Ricky Carmichael, Ryan Villapoto, maybe Dungy. That's it. Dungy did it, yeah. I don't think that... I think that the tinfoil hat of them paying him to do it's the dumbest thing I ever heard, but I think there's definitely definitely something to it. Like, he's not... It's the bike. Like, he's not pumped on that bike, and they've done a bunch of testing and tried to make it better. It's been since Supercross. Could be the man, too, though, or both. Yeah. So It ain't fucking Lars Lindstrom cutting him a check I'm, to I'm do here it. to tell you, I don't think it gets better next year on that KTM. Because hmm. Honda's willing to do a lot more at this point in Honda's career here than what KTM's going to move. KTM's going to tell you, quit tipping over, hmm. and they're going to blame it on you. Honda right now is, or at least through Supercross and maybe into right now too, they're they're going to test and change triple clamps and fork settings and all that kind of stuff. KTM's not going to do that. I have a hard time believing that because Roger and Ian, Roger DeCoster and Ian Harrison are like the two best. KTM. Most, the most prestigious development guys in the history of our sport. So yeah, I but. I think that they wouldn't do but that. But here's the what? problem. They, ha- they go in with 
statistics and numbers off a computer, oh. not how the guys are riding. And they go, this is the setup that should work. And then you can tweak it a little bit here and there. Kind of they're not thing, right? they're not going in going, oh, our triple clamps are, are not right for your style of riding. No, they make that a you problem. You fix yourself. So hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. But that's your TLR tinfoil hat. Comment down below with what you think. I I'm not sorry. I I I go on a lot of out there tinfoil hats. I'm not in it. I thought we were talking about tinfoil hat like this weird Canadian wildfire smoke we had. In Michigan no, we're not talking about that. I we're not talking about that. We're moving heard. on. We are moving on. We are moving on. <laughs> uh, do you? Uh, okay. Do you? I'll give you a choice. We have three more, so we're gonna do two here, and then we'll do two after we come back from commercial. Or we're gonna do one more, and then we'll do two after we come back from commercial. So, do you want to talk Holster Co. Reload Rant? Do you want to talk the Tomac injury update? Or do you want to talk about Prado shitting his pants during the race last week? Uh, not Prado, because I think that's, I think that he's getting dragged by the media about that. I don't like that. What do you mean? Holster Co. No, no. Now we're going to talk about Prado because you... Because uh, well, you like Racer X posts some things about he shit your pants and stuff. I'm like, that's, that's absolutely crazy. He brought it up. I mean, that may be true. But in the like, press conference, he literally asked Fevra, hey, man, could you smell it? Because I shit my pants <laughs> before you pass me. It might be true, but it, so, if, if whatever he had a stomach, he, he had a stomach bug. That's yeah. what it was. Like, it wasn't like he just shit his pants like a like a normal person. I mean, I he, had know, a stu- he had a stomach bug. Let me so. tell you, if if fucking some if, if I'm a racer and I and I have that happen and some French magazine from dirt biking yeah. throws me under the bus. I'm sen- I'm calling Trump, motherfucker. Send the nukes. We're we're taking France down <laughs> if they do that. I'm telling you right now, like that's. But I'm telling you, he like, like if if it would have just been somebody calling it out, I'd have been like, dude, that's not fucking cool. Like that's a that's an embarrassing thing to happen. But he was like, bro, I shit my pants. Yeah. It, like he like he said it in an interview. He said it to Prado. Like he or he said, I'm sorry, he said it to Fevra. Like he was making a joke of it. And again. It's because he didn't really like. It, it wasn't like he was just like, "Hey, secret secret weapon. I'm gonna shit my pants so it <laughs> smells bad, so he can't do it." No, he, it was like he had a stomach bug. He was fucked up all weekend. He was trying to hold it in the whole moto, and shit happens. <laughs> Maybe he don't care, but to me, uh, like I'm a big respect guy. Yeah, I, I, that's that's tough. So, all right. Um, so we're gonna take another quick little break here, and uh, oh wait, hold on, I got one more thing. Um. Tell me it's another tinfoil hat. A good one. No. <laughs> uh, never mind. We should do just I a whole know. show about tinfoil hat. That'd be great. We'd have to call it something else because you'd be canceled the fucking first day. Yeah. So, um, no. So, we're going to take a break here. We'll come back. We're going to wrap up 250s. I'll do my holster code reload rant, and we'll talk Tomac injury update. So, we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Okay. Before we jump into the 250 race recap here. We'll shake it out. Let's yeah, shake it out. <laughs> All right. Um. So Tomac injury update. Tomac posted some pictures the other day or a story or something. Uh, doing some squats, doing some one-legged stuff. Love it. So he's on the comeback here. The real question is: Is there any chance he shows up for for the SMX rounds? I honestly, I think so. I don't know. You where think he at. does? I don't know what the time frame is on that stuff. But it's Eli. I've heard all over the map, man. So I've heard people. Oh, it's six months. And then I hear a lot of other people. Like I hear normal joe schmoes who don't have who like don't have time to recover and stuff they're like oh yeah i did that it took me like four months i was fine yeah and like he tore it end of april may june july august september it's pretty close i mean that's five months to get to september there what's the purse if you if he comes back and wins all three 10 million bucks 
No, he wins a million if he wins all three. A million bucks is a lot of money. A million bucks is a lot of money. A million plus all the other stuff. Yeah, plus bonuses and whatever. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I'll be interested to see. It's doubtful. Somebody, so, it's funny because before he had posted that, somebody was talking in one of the one of the Facebook groups that they'd seen him walking around in Colorado. So they're like, dude, he's walking already. So I was already on like the oh, his recovery is coming, and he was at the Alpine Stars. Uh, gear launch thing or whatever today at Washougal. Uh not riding, but he was there. So even if he doesn't come out of retirement, he's gonna be right there. Mm-hmm. He'll be he'll be damn close to ready. Whether he does or doesn't, he'll yeah. be damn close. Yep. So looking positive there for the old Tomac situation. You'll so see it. all right. Uh and last thing here before we jump into the last re- race recap. Holster Co reload rant. Brought to you by our friends at Holster Co. Got a wonderful new place of business here now. Opens on Monday for things that go bang, bang, and pew, pew. Link in the description below. Discount code. Make sure to use it. Tell them we sent you. Okay. They're good guys. We like them. They're they're awesome. Um, Dude, I'm just like, I was listening to something this week. They were talking about transparency with bikes and salaries and contracts and team moving and all this bullshit like that. And it's like, it's like you go to other pro sports, and I know there's sports betting Great and unions and all this shit like that. But it's like in, so is there now in it, our sport? It's like you go to baseball, and it's like in baseball, the the players find out they're being traded literally on ESPN. Yeah, yeah. like they don't fucking know until ESPN tells them. Oh, by the way, you're being traded, and you're not playing for that team tonight. And then all of a sudden, somebody walks in and says, "Hey, you're being traded." We all know because of whatever things like. Like Sexton going to KTM next year. We all know this. Everybody knows this. And then you ask, and it's like, oh, I, I mean, I, I can't really talk about it. Yeah. Why? We all know you're going there. Who gives a shit? Well, maybe that Honda maybe it, knows you're going there. It might be because of the conflict of interest, though. Because, like, for example, if I play the, for the Detroit Red Wings and I'm uh, UFA at the end of the season. Yeah. And I know that I'm going to sign with the New York Rangers. And I start talking about fucking New York Rangers in the in the middle of the season. Yeah. Detroit's going to be like, see you fucking never. Right? I guess, man. I don't know. Like, to me, it's just like, it's like the salary thing, okay? Nobody talks about salaries because you're going to get blackballed in the industry. Okay, that well, stupid of me. If Eli Tomac comes out and says, hey, by the way, I'm going to get paid a million and a half next year. Well, that's great because now we have a bar set for this. But hey, by the way, Eli, jet salary is $3 million. So actually, yeah. So so Ken, when he turned down the Honda or when that whole stupid thing with Honda happened, it was five, right? No, it was a million for Supercross only. Oh. So, but which is great. That's that's a ton of money. Okay. But is it really? But but, well, Ken doesn't have a ten. Ken doesn't have any Supercross titles. And he's little. He's a back nine of his career. Yeah. Where it's like Eli's got a Supercross title. Should have just won. Actually, got two. He should have just won another one. So like a, like a million and a half is fine, yeah. but it should have been more because Jets coming in as the hottest property. Now, granted, that's probably has something to do with you know managers and all that shit like that of like Murray how he's doing. Players. Yeah, and he's coming off of 250 titles and all that all that kind of shit like that. But still, it's like okay, if Jet was public that he's getting three million dollars, then Tomac can go over here and say, look, I want this much or whatever. Although hmm. probably part of the reason he's riding for what he is is just because. That bike's not changing next year, and he knows he's really fucking good at Supercross on it. I'm really curious because if you got guys like Jet and Deegan is a great, great transition in this because those guys bring more value than the, like than 
Eli Tomac brings a ton of value mm-hmm. as his corporate job only, being the racer and winning races. Mm-hmm. Deegan makes, in my eyes, he makes more money for the company when he's not even fucking racing. 100%. And Jet's a I similar thing. I don't argue with this at so all. So the money part of it, I don't I really, really need Justin here to argue with you about this because he's, like, Justin's so old. I love the kid, but he's so old school. Yeah about this and me and him go back and forth all the time because i'm like dude the value you can bring from your social media the results don't even the fucking value. matter yeah like right. dean wilson doesn't get paid because he gets results because he doesn't he Has gets it. paid and he continues to get factory rides or semi-factory rides whatever he's on now where he still gets paid because of his social media presence mm. deegan is worth five million dollars a year because of his social media presence I would argue that's why he went to Star over KTM, too. He went to Star over KTM because of Monster. Oh. Because he was tied in with Monster through his amateur career. And in order for him to switch, he would have had to go to Red Bull, which was not going to happen. <laughs> there was no fucking way Monster was going to let him go. Yeah, no. I 100% believe... I, I wish I knew what he was making. He... It would shock me if his contract's not for a million bucks a year. Deegan's? Yeah. Yeah, as a, as a 250 guy. Which is crazy because the highest 250 guys I've heard before this are like half a million bucks. As a rookie, too. Yeah. Like, the, like there's just no way with as good as Brian is, everything they bring to the table with everything, that he's not getting a million bucks a year salary. There's just no way. Yeah. And if he isn't, then that's a huge miss, in my opinion, by them. Hmm. I wonder who his management is, if it's Brian. No, it's not. Um, I mean, Brian's part of it. I forget who the guy that manages him. Scott Sapovic was talking about it on a podcast I was listening to, but I can't uh, fucking think Gypsy of the guy's Tales name. Watch yeah, 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 but I can't think of the guy's name. Shit. Shout out to Jace. He does a cool, good Jace job. Jace does an awesome job. He's in the States. I saw that. He was in the he was he in was the a press, press conference. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hearing I'm like, oh, you got an Aussie in there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to get him to come up and ride Bucks. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, Buck Bash, that's where this all is. That's where... Uh, Coach Rob came to see us last year. What a great, what a great guy. Yeah. So, so anyway, so that's my rant. It's just like, dude, we need to be more transparent with this shit. Oh, oh, the bike thing. This was something else that was brought up. Um, because I think, who were they talking to? Was somebody talking to Chase or something? I think it was. No, maybe it was somebody else. I don't remember. It was somebody really good, and they're like, "Yeah, I don't really get how, why we're not so transparent with bikes because, like." I can't take what Eli says that they've done to their Yamaha and yeah. put it on my Honda. Like, he's not going to fucking work. So, like, who the hell gives a shit? Well, there's an edge you have there. So, like, like for what? example, well, if Kevin Moran's had a secret thing about him getting starts, which is just the, the rider in that example, but if he had some secret thing. He does. It's called third gear. Well, you got to be quiet with that shit. <laughs> just Why? That's been on TV with fucking Shorty nah, since kidding. 2016. I know, I know this. But the... That's a competitive edge that he would be giving up, even just to the other orange riders. Yeah, but if he says, like, oh, we went in and we changed our SAG from 106 to 107 or something, that doesn't that's not going to make a shit bit of difference to fucking a Honda. They're completely different. True. True. I agree with that. So, like, I don't know, man. It's fucking stupid. There should be way more transparency in the industry. It would be way better. I mean, think about Formula One. And we all go to Formula One, but it's like that's just kind of like the, the cornerstone of motorsports, essentially. Those guys will say whatever about their cars. Do they say about salary? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of public information, right? It's semi-public. So the, the salary thing is going to get more interesting as this continues to grow because 
the sport's going to change a lot here, especially with electric bikes, but also with Supercross. So we, you and I talked earlier in the week about how AJ Catanzaro and the Moto Academy bought GPF yep. and how they're going to make basically a Supercross Moto Academy out of it. And it's yep. going to be such a growth factor for the Supercross side of... When you want to go down there? February, well, Daytona. The week of Daytona. Oh, okay. You don't want, like, want to go before that? Maybe. You can rent a bike, so you don't even like you don't even have to. You can rent a bike and gear. You don't even have to take your gear. There's a 390 around here somewhere I can ride. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the first time that I ever hit a Supercross triple. But uh, yeah, I think that that's going to grow a lot of it, and the, and the the media thing is going to continue to grow a lot because like mm-hmm. I'm in the dark a lot about that all the super, social media stuff and the business of it. But you fucking love that. He's stuff. dumped four or five videos this week alone on that news so on just YouTube. those guys are going to kind of they're kind of at the cutting edge of it a little mm-hmm. bit and it's going to continue to grow where that's almost normal right mm-hmm. well that being said you got guys like other youtube guys like mr beast and all that bullshit that it's like endless money mm-hmm. right so that is going to really change the sport because if you think about it if you're making more money outside of racing like aj canzaro is a great guy great guy makes a thousand times more money on YouTube and that kind of stuff than he did as a racer because he's better at that than he was at a racer, mm-hmm. right? So it's that stuff. Like He can ride halfway decent. He's a great example for this, actually. And and that allows him to make content here on top of, like, the Moto Academy shit that's going on. But. Now imagine if you're a GPF guy or Moto Academy. I don't know they're going to call it whatever they're going to call it. But if you're imagine you're a young super mini rider that's going to go there and learn Supercross. Well, you're not just going there and learn Supercross from AJ and those guys. You're going there and you're going to see how he does media and you're gonna do all these things and, he, and aj's smart dude like mm-hmm. he's he ain't no dummy so no. like you're gonna learn a lot of things and that so that now the change with jet and deegan are a great example for this but those kind of changing the way that this pays out and mm-hmm. where it almost makes your team less relevant because mm-hmm. it's more about winning on that bike than getting paid yeah that changes this a lot mm-hmm. and i still think that it'd be cool to have like the manufacturers thing where they're on like world supercross kind of changes stuff a lot where you mm-hmm. kind of you have x number of teams and they're a lot of so many guys and i think that would be really interesting to see Pri- privatized teams much yeah. like the nascar model went to it's not chevy anymore it's hendrick racing interesting you know shit like that so i i really think there needs to be a push in that direction and i think you're absolutely right with like the social media side of things it's really really going to start moving that needle I don't. Let me ask you this, because you've been around this longer than I have. Is it still win on Sunday, buy on Monday? Do you believe that's how it works? This is a great question, because I think that Eli Tomac really made that happen for every brand he's ever been on. When I think that it was prevalent in like James, Ricky, Dungey, like the top guys, Villapoto. I think prior to this, yes. But do you think that's changing right now? I think Honda is doing pretty sweet because of the lawrence brothers but i don't know that it's as big as it was before before mm-hmm. like you got rick johnson went in and that you saw it in the cycle news and yeah. you're like i gotta get that fucking bike yeah well now it's like everybody's good everybody is in your face mm-hmm. it's all immediate like it's hard to say mm-hmm. i do really like that the sport is continuing to grow and we talk about the electric bikes here now and, and i've never really ridden a competitive one they're starting to come around but that's going to really change it a lot too a lot, a lot. And I saw a place you can buy a Stark Varg for fifty thousand. Guys got his already. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sure. But yet, there's no way that we could bring in a brand new four fifty and build it into a into a you know factory edition one in here and sell it for thirty k. 
Like well, that's that's, that's not. We could build it, but it wouldn't be worth thirty k. It'd be it'd be a used bike with a bunch of parts on it. Well, no, I'm talking about a brand new one off the showroom floor. You don't even ride it. You, know you just mean, fucking no. literally like boom, and you're you know put the parts on it. Yeah. Maybe you shake it out for ten minutes or something, but that's it. You know something I thought about earlier hmm. is that so I'm at a uh not a funeral but like a memorial thing right before I got here and I hear about fucking Surons every day and it's never from motocrossers i've heard they're they're fun to ride i've never it it, someone talks to me about it every day people so a lot of people don't even know i used to be a racer and this stuff Mm -hmm. and it's never motocrossers that are talking about it's people Mm -hmm. who live in the city and it's gonna totally change our sport i have a buddy whose kids they have a couple of them and he said dude he's like it's insane because he's like you can go anywhere on them and it doesn't make a sound now i've looked at them they're more than I want to pay at this point for that. I'm just not that into it. I'm all the way out on it right now, at but they're going to be better real soon. But I will say that some of them where they've put like basically the full moto suspension. So they've got, you know, the, the dark gold forks and they've got the, the moto bars and the front fender. And it essentially looks like a dirt bike. I'm like, well, that's sweet. Now, granted, I've kind of done some research and I've talked to some people and it's like, okay, yeah, you can do that. That's like six grand yeah. <laughs> that you've got sitting there into an electric bike that like I'm not racing anywhere or anything. Yeah. But th- that is the kind of stuff that it's like, okay. Well. Okay, so I'm not in the mix on the production side of things and what they're trying to do. But before after I retired from racing, you may know I worked at Chrysler headquarters for mm-hmm. eight years and yeah. kinda in the mix on how this stuff is headed, right? And the and especially with the government and World Economic mm-hmm. Forum trying to push that bullshit. Anyways. Oh boy, the thing about the, the electric bikes, there's two things that I really want to, three things I really want to touch on. The first one is uh, the batteries, the next generation batteries. Like right now, they're big, they're dangerous, they're a lot of things. Yeah, they start on from, fire. They come from somebody that lives in a mud hut, you know. Mm-hmm. The next generation of batteries, there's a couple different ones they're working on, is going to be way smaller, way more powerful. And mm-hmm. it's going to change it all automatically because it's going to be like a mountain bike that's got 450 power, more than that even. And it's instant power, right? So now it's yeah. not all this big, heavy-ass bike, and you're trying not to die and have it pack you into the ground and all that stuff. But also, like, so we are Michigan men. I live on the east side by Detroit. I'm a Detroit kind of style guy. He's on the west side here. We used to have indoor tracks come in and out every year. Mm-hmm. There's There's been really good ones on the east side, and it's really difficult because heating it, Mm-hmm. and air and when you pump all the air out to get the exhaust out all the heat goes out too so you're mm-hmm. spending an absolute shit ton of money yep. to operate well if you got a bunch of electric bikes you don't have to heat it very, you heat it you know it's just regular building mm-hmm. you don't have to get all the fumes out which is awesome you don't have any of the fuels inside you gotta deal with because you gotta have like special spots you can put fuel and stuff like that yeah and you when it comes to like prepping and watering the track you're not pushing all the air through to dry it out and there's a, there's a ton of things that solves all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and it's really easy to find a ten thousand square foot building in Detroit for pretty inexpensively and put mm-hmm. a track in there. So this could really change a lot mm-hmm. and make it like where you're going to cart to cart or a uh, pole position kind of yeah. thing, and it's just how many cross. years? How many years do you think we got before we're like basically full electric outside of? We'll call it vintage races. Uh, I think it, full electric, it's hard for me to say, but I think that there will be a, another, it'll have its own class, kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, Moto GP, Moto E, or whatever the hell they call it. Yeah. Like, that's still kind of like, eh, kind of like this, but I think that it'll be where it's on its own class. Soon. Yeah. The like, interesting I would say two, maybe three years. <sighs> See, the interesting thing about that, though, is, so, the, so Stark wants to come in and race right now. Yeah. They want to come in and they want to race, and they don't want to race, they don't want to race 250 class, they want to come race 450 class, okay? 
and all the sanctioning bodies everywhere. The FIM and the MXGP, the AMA over here and MX Pro Sports and everybody, everybody's like, no, you're not racing. Well, here's the problem. So that's super weird to me. Electric bikes are the genie. Yeah. Once we let the genie out of the bottle, it's never fucking going back yeah, in. I think once Gas you, is dead when we let the genie out of the bottle. I think once you see the Kawasaki and the Honda stuff, yeah. then we're screwed. Because like, we've already seen the Honda Prototype 1. Yeah. We saw that in like 2019. And I went, ooh, okay. As yeah. soon as I see that in real life, like I'm going to have that. Here's something kind of interesting on the tip of my tongue with this is that we talked a couple times about the legacy and the purpose in yeah. this show so far. Now, Kevin Moran's, our little buddy, was just in the two-stroke hunt for mm -hmm. Washougal. His fucking grandkids are going to go look back and say, Uncle Kev raced a two-stroke at mm -hmm. Washougal? Yep. And they're going to go, ying, 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 on their little electric bike that's not even going to make that fucking sound. Whatever the chain moving yeah. around makes, right? Even if you're... If sound like an RC chain. car. Whew! Yeah, right. Whew! And, clack, clack. <laughs> and they're going to think, man, my Uncle Kev, or my Grandpa Kev was yeah. racing gas bikes and mm -hmm. all this stuff and making all this noise and everything else. Yep. And, uh, it's going to be... It's going to be super weird when we go to a Supercross that's all electric. Uh, I'm not excited about it. I no. mean, I'm excited about, like, for the whole reason that I retired and I'm still retired is because I'm sick of ambulance rides, but if it's a mountain bike-type bike and it's less of a machine, like a tractor, mm -hmm. right, maybe it's a lot safer. It's hard to say that. I don't know. I mean, so I'm excited for a few things with it here. So, number one... I'll just say that I'm. I don't think that in any future here, really soon, we're gonna see everything electric. And I don't agree with you. I think we're more five to ten year range before we see it because before they take over, before they have their own class, before they take over. I think. Yeah, I don't know about I don't, taking over. I don't know that they're. I'm not sure how this is gonna work. Like I said, it's weird that the sanctioning bodies won't let them run. And just like. You go to Loretta's, you can't race the SX E5s or whatever against the regular gas-powered ones. They yeah, have their, their own, own class. class. Yeah. So I don't know how that's all going to work. But anyway, but I am excited for the fact of I do love, because I'm a lazy fuck, not having to worry about gas, worry about oil, worry about any of that shit. Like, just rock air up. Air filters, no thanks. Yeah, no air filters. Like, just rock up, fucking bikes charge flip the switch and i go ride yeah like i'm pumped on that so you got a problem okay yeah so well but it's gonna be so modular because yeah. you're gonna have Take a battery yeah. you're gonna have a speed controller that's all gonna have plugs and you're gonna have a motor so this and is one it. thing i really do like about this is that so i'm among a laundry list of everything else i'm a ase certified automotive technician and it went from being like i most of the time mine it's broken right now because i drive it like the general lee mm -hmm. but i drive a 55 chevy as you know pickup mm -hmm. truck a lot and it's everything is analog yeah everything there's not mm -hmm. the radio is the only thing that's and the only reason that it's fucking even electric at all is because i have bluetooth hooked up to it yeah I drive it all over everywhere but it's such a beauty in that but fixing it is not a beauty like it's good because i'm experienced but most people are that service cars now they plug yeah. the computer in and it tells them what they need to know. Or it tells them a bunch of things mm -hmm. that they can diagnose it then. Yeah, right? yeah. So like with an electric bike, you probably don't have to plug it in. You probably just fucking Bluetooth on your phone or mm -hmm. on the bar pad in the future. Like I said, and all that's going to be awesome. And the 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 changing major stuff on it. Oh, my yeah. motor went bad. Okay, cool. Two bolts, boom, boom, boom. You know, because yeah. I've, I've done remote control cars plenty of times. Um, so like that, I look forward to that because that's all going to be super simple and easy. Super expensive. Yeah. But it'll come down. It's the same. It's the same thing. So like in the next five to ten years, as it all comes out, it's gonna be super expensive. Yeah. Much like the Stark right now is like 
however much, 16, 18 grand, brand new, whatever. Mm. But then as we progress, it'll get cheaper. Yeah. And then you're going to get like a base model ready to run version. Yeah. Like my Milwaukee. Yeah. That's going to be like five grand. And then you're going to have like the upgraded version that fucking is just insane. That's going to be 20 grand or something, you know? So I don't know, man, it's, it's super interesting. I'm interested to see where it goes. As a businessman, I really look about this because I th- I still think they're kind of gay, but I like I love the I No boy, the we're idea. really getting canceled here. I don't care. Whatever. I got nothing. This Whatever. show this show's fucked since Jump Street anyway, so <laughs> it's fine. Well, here's the thing. So like as a businessman, we're both businessmen. I think a lot about this electric stuff. And if you're if you're uh Don Elm- Emler mm-hmm. or you're Mitch Payton and you started yeah. raising pipes and next thing you know you're the pipe guy 40, 50 years later. Yeah. I've really been thinking about getting in electrics, not about getting into surrounds, maybe, uh, and not necessarily about like selling Teslas, although we both surface on Teslas some, like wheels mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, I, I'm really thinking about doing like retrofit kits for, like for example, for my 55. Mm-hmm. Actually, I have a 57 Chevy uh, post car, 57 like big old boat tr- mm-hmm. car. It's a rolling, rolling chassis that I would love to put, although I have a powertrain for it now, I'd love to put an electric powertrain in it. And... I've really been thinking about doing uh, business centered around like electric retrofit cars because mm-hmm. two things. One, everybody's going to want one because they're going to be fast as absolute fuck and they're quiet, which is cool in some mm-hmm. ways. Like I think it's gay, but it's also cool. I, I like a big block rumble. I like to go up to the stoplight. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah. blah, 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 blah. But, yep. but the thing is, is that right now our wonderful Biden administration, our resident uh, Biden, they're, Forking over money, hand over foot over for solar, for electric vehicles, for all this stuff. Well, businessman to businessman, that government money is great. If they crash, if they crash this bitch, the government's going to still be spending more mm-hmm. money than they are right now, right? So like, I'm kind of like, hmm. And I already kind of have. I'm really thinking something along the lines of like Gray Ghost or something Ghost, right? For the for the brand name, but okay. all right, I just kind of let the cat out of the bag. But I've been really thinking about this for at least a year now. And I think that there's quite a possibility. And let's just say I got into that and I was the first guy around. Yeah. And I figured out how to make them more perform, perform the performance better. Like where I live is I live right by Detroit. All my neighbors are all kind of high end GM and mm-hmm. all that development guys. And I kind of have an in on, on how to make these things work better. So I'm kind of like, man, should I do it? I think that they're lame, but I think that they're going to be awesome too. Yeah. So, anyways, businessman to businessman to camera. I think that it's something I'm really considering. And yeah. there's something like the Grey Ghost, something like real sleek, like sweeping in, but will absolutely tear your ass up. Yeah, is is kind of the branding I'm going for. And we'll hmm. see. Well, have you seen? Uh, I mean, you probably haven't. There's a guy I follow on. Uh, I'm just thinking about this because me and my other buddy were talking about groms and grom builds in fact i got on to buy a bunch of parts for my grom last night and then realized the parts have skyrocketed on them and then i didn't have a full direction of the build exactly how i wanted to go so i I was like okay pause like let's not spend hundreds of dollars that we don't need to on dumb shit yeah but anyway there's one guy i follow who builds them he just built a electric one where he Mm -hmm. took a tesla motor and put it in there whoa that fucking thing screams dude it's for sale it's like twenty thousand dollars tesla motor yeah, I've been watching guys that are doing like one tens that go electric, and they look mm-hmm. like a haul ass. But like, phew, it does. Lot. Trust me, it does. So, I don't know. It's the future. It's interesting. We'll see where it goes. The gray ghost idea came because I was my ex chick <laughs> was gonna I was gonna build that electric fifty seven Chevy, and I yeah. was gonna do it f- like primer gray, and I okay. was gonna 
uh, do mats. Not like primer looking, but like where it, where you see through it and you see like a metallic depth, but it was real flat looking. I was all about it, and now I'm like, eh, chick is gone, and the car's still there. <laughs> Maybe we'll make that the brand instead, right? Yeah. So, all right, let's let's uh, let's get the show wrapped up here. Let's do 250 Race Recap, brought to you by our friends at Depth Creative Co. Check them out for all your graphics needs. 450 over there has got them on it. Looks gorgeous, too. I've been looking at it the whole time. Yep. Them stars are gorgeous. Yep. Well, I... It, that one's going. If y'all away. didn't understand, I'm all that one. That one's going away. Soon. All American baby. That one's going away soon. I've been telling Travis to get rid of this 450 for five fucking years. No, I, no, I'm keeping it forever. Just, and now let's it's just like, let's just move past it. I have a bunch of video. I have 15 videos I have to shoot with it here, and then it's going away. <laughs> 16, 17 actually now because I came up with a couple it. other ones. Huh? We might have to waffle it. We could do that too. I would love to do that stuff. <sighs> We'll talk about that later. It's right. it's an interesting thing. So, all right. So, jumping right in here. 2 Race Recap again. Brought to you by our friends at Depth Creative Co. Linked in the description down below. And we're going to start right off here, as everybody knows, with our Isaac Nelson Designs Deegan Danger Zone here. Because <laughs> Deegan goes 1-1. And holy shit. That was impressive. Well, not only was the ride impressive, but those Yamahas look so awesome. Oh, oh bro. So awesome. And they look so much cooler with the purple rims because the Euro guys had black rims, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's okay. But when you see the purple rims, you're like, fuck yeah. They need the, the purple Renthals, too. That if would be I, yeah, yeah, I was surprised they didn't have those. I'll tell you what. If I end up keeping mine next year, I'm like, oh, I might have to have those purple wheels. The chicks would like it. I mean, dude, it's sweet. Did you notice yeah. they had gold hubs, too? It was oh, purple oh, wheels, yeah, gold hubs, cool. dude, and the whole look. I was just like, oh man, even down to the Thor, uh, the Thor gear yeah. was sick too. And Bradshaw. I'm like, oof, oof, very cool. And look. our friends at Adept Creative Co. actually make a retro kit similar to that, which is sick looking, also, which cool. is why I put the purple bars on because that's coming soon too. <laughs> and I have the white plastics already, nice. so I'm basically there. If only we could. Well, maybe we can get the purple rims. I don't know if they offer it through Excel. <sighs> Travis and I both own coded I need, shops. Neither I need, of us do I need like fifteen hundred bucks probably to buy a set of wheels like that, which is like a lot. I'm not sure I want to spend on that bike because I'm just not sure what my future is at this point with it. Yeah. But um, anyway, but it was sick. But back to Deegan, dude. Okay, so all you who jumped down my fucking throat here after <laughs> yesterday. What I said the week before was not inaccurate. He has struggled the last two weeks. They brought it up on the broadcast time and time again, and everybody's going to jump on here and be like, oh, you're a hater, and oh, you're this, and oh, you're that. I said he struggled. The last two weeks haven't been good. Everybody knows the last two weeks have not been what he's been doing. Now, what he did yesterday, fucking fantastic. And here's the thing. All of a sudden, we thought, after watching that 20-point swing last week between him and Hunter where he came in with the points lead, like a four-point lead, and left 13 down. Now, all of a sudden, he's back to, like, three. Back, yeah. So, it's like, holy crap. He's yeah. right in this going into the last... I mean, you're looking at basically even up for a three-race la- three sprint here. I this could be real interesting. I think Hunter Lawrence, which I love the guy, I'll, I think he's more fragile. Hunter's awesome. I think he's more fragile than Deegan is. I think Deegan is less consistently fast, and I think that, De- that Hunter is really the guy. Yeah. But I think he's got a little bit of a jink, a little kink in the armor. You know what I mean? He's I don't look. Uh, we uh, we can just talk about Hunter too, as long as we're right here. So Hunter goes uh, Hunter goes two four for third. Yeah. Ah, and and that set, that fourth in the second moto, he was put. Uh, it was bad starts all day. That's what got him there. And then he's pushing in that second moto to try to make up time there to get. 
catch up. When he and, and Deegan were battling, it was pretty good. And battle. then he goes down. Yeah, but I don't know, man. He uh, this is this is one of those things where you just kind of scratch your head and you're like, man, I'm just not sure. Like he should be the guy. The thing is, is that where he went down was that weird slippery thing. With that weird slippery in the like, trees. Wow. James talked about it a lot. Of yeah, like it doesn't dry over. out. Yeah, it's real tricky. Yep. Let me ask so, you this. I'm on a little tangent here. Okay. When you're watching the race from from not at the race, for example, when you watched Washuga, what was your what was your situation? Were you hanging upstairs drinking a coke? So yesterday was a little different than normal. A lot of times I will actually sit down and like watch the races. Although I gotta say, especially this year, the 450 races are so boring yeah. that like I fall asleep all the time. Like I have a hard <laughs> time in the summer. I have a hard time in the summer. It's because of it being four hours. Saturday. Five, if you count the the practice show, which the practice show I have to watch to kind of keep track of stuff for mm-hmm. fantasy purposes. Then when you get to the main show, it's like it's so long. And this is one of the things where like I love motocross because it's core. Yeah. But at the same time, this is why it's failing mm. because it needs to adjust to the lack of attention span. You think it needs to be shorter? I think that it's great that they even gave it like it, the intermission. It, I think that's great. It's great. It's great if they. It's it's great the way it is, but just know that like the way it is, it will not grow the way it is. Mm. Like you're gonna have to make major changes in order to get there. You can leave it core like it is, and it will have a fan base that will stay steady. But it will never grow beyond where it's at. Supercross is is willing to make those changes, so that will grow eventually because they'll change up things like we've seen it with the triple crowns yeah. and things like that. But outdoors, if they don't change this, because the thirty five minute thing is or the thirty plus two, yeah, it's great and it's like an Iron Man thing and whatever. But it just isn't holding the attention. And like I said, for me, even as a hardcore fan who's watching to do this podcast. I find myself falling asleep, especially on the ones where Jet wins by 20, 30 seconds. I'm just like, dude, this is boring because no one's no one's battling, and they're not showing the battles. Show the battle. You're right. watching Jet, then you're watching Ty Masterpool ride around by himself. I'm not watching the 30th place dude having a battle to the death. Oh, you know, for 30th place or whatever. It's less go. It's less good. Now I will say, but. like I said, a normal weekend. I'm sitting there. I got my phone popped open with my fantasy stuff, watching that score. The things on the TV, I have a snack or some meal going cool. with with a beverage. It just depends. Yesterday was a little different. We were doing some cleaning and stuff. So I didn't watch the first motos live. Kind of just had it on the background thing. Yeah. And then about the time the first 450 moto was ending, I turned it on. And so then I went back and found the 250 first moto on YouTube. So I was watching that while I was like cleaning dishes. And then... I got done with that, and then the second moto started, so I watched the second motos, and then I watched the first 450 moto this morning. So, I was all over the place. Dude, I mean, here's what I'm saying. Without being at the races, it is super hard, and I don't blame anybody, to to carve out four or five hours of your weekend yeah. to watch this all. I had to watch them twice. When, I, when we watched it, uh, so I was out golfing yesterday during the race mm-hmm. with uh, the guitarist of Love Labor, who, by the way, little bit of shot out there in the studio right now finishing up their first uh, LP which is great cool so Jeff Martin and I went golfing and we're watching it we have it up in the golf cart he's yeah a motocro- he's a motocross guy he rides a Kawasaki 450 and uh when Deegan went wire to wire in the first moto we were going ape shit mm-hmm. even while we're like between the shots all the people around us like what the fuck is wrong with these guys we're golfing you know yeah it's, but it was awesome but I still had to go I mean mostly because I got a little buckled while I was out of the now, now, which track. was more impressive, the first one where he went wire to wire, or the second one where he went, like, it was way more entertaining the second moto. Yeah, 
Because that second moto was impressive. Because yeah. he caught everybody and passed everybody. And yeah. like I didn't know that he was gonna really catch first place there. Yeah, you thought he was just. I can't remember who was in the first. first start. Right? Yeah, but then like all of a sudden he got the to to quote Langston he got the bit in his teeth and like boom off he went to the races boys. So that's impressive. I'm super pumped that he did it because it's gonna be an awesome three weeks or three yeah. race sprint here to the finale. Tighten it right. And up. I don't know if you listened to the show last week. You probably didn't. My whole goal is if he wins that title at Ironman when we're there is to get under that tent and drink beer out of that exhaust as their revenue <laughs> to be to have a picture uh, or a video of me behind Deegan's bike for all the damn haters out there. They're like, oh, you're a hater. You're a hater. You hate him. Just di- uh, duff just revving the shit out of the bike and me just like yeah pouring the cores and like hey, in my face like oh just take it all like oh man that's my goal so that's what we have to do okay. if he win if he wins that title we have to be under that tent for that celebration at iron man well let's make a wager out of this then so if you're going if you're calling that for deegan that means i gotta go with 96 i don't know i don't know if i'm calling that i'm just like hoping because uh, the content side of it for our purposes is gonna be awesome a nice dose of hopium i got you yeah exactly that's that's the whole thing it's like i don't really know i mean okay let let's just ask who do you like who do you have do you think deegan gets it done or do you think hunter pulls his head out of his ass here for the last three rounds and gets it done it's hunters to lose i would love to see both of them i love both of them they're great i mean i don't really love deegan that much but he's great he's a young guy he he has to be with me first right but i i really am a big fan of his and a lot of what they're about uh and they're broad americans i love that right but uh (laughs) Yeah, it's t- it's good luck beating Hunter. He's the yeah. guy to beat. Well, I will say though, the kid's got confidence. Did you? Uh, Fuck yeah, he does. Did you? Did you hear his little dig at Hunter in the in the post race interview no. there uh, on the podium? I, I must have missed it. Uh, he base. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he basically said like, "Cause, oh, man, what did JT say to him? It was something about like." Oh, were you nervous or something? And he was basically like, bro, I don't know. That was so sick. Like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, but honestly, I mean, he should be the one who's nervous. He's supposed to be winning these things. Mm. Like, called him out of like, you're supposed to be winning these. I just smoked your ass, dude. And I'm like, whoo, whoo, this this creates some controversy. All right. All right, cool. I mean, I'm all about that life because I'm here to talk about it. So like, yeah, call him out. Be like, bro, Hunter, you're supposed to be beating me. You're 25 years old whatever 24 i'm 16 and i just spanked you 1-1 yeah. which you haven't done all year by the way he's the he's the first person to go 1-1 this year yeah i'm that gangster ass purple yamaha and like here's my thing too hunter's issues with uh not going 1-1 have all been start dependent and yesterday was no exception he didn't get good yeah. starts either moto just and getting great starts. Yeah, and I'm like, how are you going to... Like, you can't continue to do this because yeah. this is what's going to happen. Because to be honest, Deegan's a really good starter, too. Yeah. Like, he's super good. He's probably like 145 pounds or something, right? I mean, I, I between the star bike, what he weighs, all that kind of shit, like, okay, that, that all factors into it, but his timing's great, too. Yeah. Like, he gets all jumps. So... I don't know, man. It was it was interesting to watch him struggle the last two rounds the and then see moto, him bounce back. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. The first no, moto, they had an early gate drop that got Hunter and a bunch of guys. And that like, was ah, interesting. The whole that. gate 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 situation there was <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So, um, that, yeah, that's got me a few times in my career, and it kind of pisses you off because you're like, man, I wasn't fucking ready. Because like right now, I'm well, I don't ride anymore. Race, I haven't ridden since 2019, but I, I I'm a big hockey guy now. I play semi pro, and when I go to the face off, I'm a center. 
Mm-hmm. When the fucking ref, when the ref drops it early or messes it up, I'm pissed. I'm like, yeah. Fucking give me a fair drop. You know what I mean? So same thing with same with yeah. the paint drop on motocross. You know. Yeah. So, all right. So that's been your Deacon Danger Zone. There, brought to you by our friends at Isaac Nelson Designs. There, Big make sure out. look them up for all of your logo design needs. There, we gotta we gotta go to, we gotta come up with a uh, wager for this though, because you can't just go shotgun and beers out of Deacon's exhaust if he wins. And mean it's all for content, bro. Do okay, it for the, for the we content. Got, we gotta, we gotta do it. We gotta do it for the gram. All right. Well, we have to do Hunter it for the gram. It. We cannot leave without being under that tent. Shotgun and a beer. The two of us will both be Iron Man. Yes, we will. So we got to come up with a counter to that. If Deegan wins, you get the shotgun and beer out of his pipe if we can pull it off. If Hunter wins, I don't know. Hunter's celebration will be much more subdued than the Deegan celebration. I will tell you that right now. I mean, maybe. No, he won. He won that. Uh, he won that Supercross title. Yeah. They like all went to dinner, like a nice, respectable <laughs> dinner, and like went home. Hmm. There wasn't, from what I understand, like there wasn't a big celebration mm-hmm. like that. So, um, all right. So Justin Cooper goes three two for second. Uh, he's impressive. He's he's better now than he's been. He's he's kind of yeah. started to show up as the Justin Cooper that we all thought was going to show up at the beginning of the year. And yeah, then that he, little weird thing in the middle of the season it sucks. He showed up really flat. Like I think there was honestly too much outdoor prep, and then he just showed up flat. And it's taken him till now to really like get himself back going. He he had that he had that fuck up at high point that he didn't race and everything. Yeah, he had a mechanic change too. He used yeah. to have Mohead, who's a great guy. Yep. Uh, now I don't even know who works for him now, but yeah, big changes, and you like you like to see him getting pretty good because this is getting in like the next race is I think Unadil's where they're going to announce Team USA, right? So that's what they usually do, but it's probably going to get pushed to buds to be honest, because mm-hmm. nobody really knows who's going at this point. So you've got basically Deegan's like the two fifty guy. Cooper's a married one, right? Because he's a yeah. Cooper's going to get married, so he can't do it. Honda has said they will support Sexton, even though even though we're not even though the deal's not done. But it's done yeah. October 1st. But Honda has said they will support him for that race. And Chase has said he will go. So that'll be an interesting thing. Because that's like an interesting dichotomy there, too. Because Roger's in charge of the team. Last two raw. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. And Can we then, touch on something real quick here? Go ahead. So before we finish the the MX Nations team, uh, so October 1 is when he is going to leave Honda, allegedly. Mm-hmm. That's not through playoffs yet yeah playoffs are done uh the last second to last weekend of september oh okay so yeah through through playoffs they moved so it was supposed to be that last weekend of september but they moved it forward because uh la coliseum was booked for something else that they didn't know or something yeah i'm not really sure anyway um yeah so and then i think the i think the third person they're probably gonna put rj on a 450 anderson maybe would you take rj but cowie cowie doesn't cowie doesn't support that race Mm. So that's where Anderson and AC kind of get shit out the back. But RJ wants to go. RJ's been bidding to go, and we need a 450 guy. So RJ. AP also. Huh? AP would be good also. Yeah. I think he's got less edge. Yeah. But AP's not. AP hasn't been out there since the start of outdoors buying for a spot. Right. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, RJ got fifth or fourth this last weekend. uh, He got fourth. I was going to say, going down the list here, we already talked about Hunter going 2-4 for third. His title to lose still. But it's interesting and it's close. Yep. And he needs to get his shit together on the starts because I think that's really what's costing. That's him. a very hunter thing to kind of do just enough to be leading. Yeah. And, and not saying that he tried to go down or any of that stuff, but it's it's kind of his style to where he's he like doesn't. Out front, he's, he's just n- like barely ahead. I give it to him. He never seems worried in his interviews, yeah. no matter what the fuck's happening. But I don't know, man. This yeah. is this is a little too close for comfort, <laughs> in my opinion. Um. All right. So RJ goes four five for fourth. 
And that's just an RJ thing, man. <sighs> I think that he's uh, off his normal. I think his normal is higher. I want to see him ride a 450. Yeah. All the time. And see what see if it straightens him out or not. So we talked he, earlier in the show about what happens to guys when they have children and get married and, yeah. and those type of things. And I, I think that RJ is a great guy. And I think that family man's really honorable, but... You think he's changed? I feel like he's the same RJ we've had before. His he's like checkers or he, wreckers, essentially. Yeah, his peak was when he just started doing the family family man stuff. Yeah. But there are very few people in the history of our sport that are either good or improving after mm-hmm. that happens. So it's like, yeah, mm. yeah I don't know. Um, Levi Kitchen goes eight three for fifth. I thought he looked good. That wasn't very good. Washugal day. Yeah, yeah, he's he's up and down, but I don't think he gels with that team. Like his attitude doesn't gel with that team as well, which is why he's leaving. Um, where's he go? I think he's going to PC. Is Great. where he's going. I love his style. He's got a little bit weird style with his wrists. Like he's kind of he's his arms are up, but he's like kind of like one of these things. He's very AP esque. Yeah, kind of hangs off the back of the bike. He's a taller one. kid. So, uh, Hamaker goes seven six for sixth. Quiet. I'll tell you what, though, dude, that kid is fucking fast. Yeah, and if he can put together a couple seasons where he stays healthy the entire season, he's going to be dangerous. Yeah. Like, dangerous. He's under contract another couple years? I think he's got at least next year. Um, all right. Uh, Shimoda goes 6-7 for 7th. Really, really thought we had something brewing with him. Yeah. He's terrified of that bike. Which Really? Two motors locking up on the face of triples on you will do that. I don't know nothing about that. That That's why he didn't race Supercross. Because this the so, from what I understand, here through the grapevine, they're trying to run titanium rods and they keep breaking them. Mm-hmm. And he broke two, and the one was what broke his collarbone for Supercross, and then he locked up another one somewhere, and he's terrified of that bike. He didn't want to race outdoors either. Wow. He he doesn't want to ride that bike. Why just put it a Carrillo rod like everybody else and call it a day? Because why would you do that when you can try to push the limit with a titanium rod? It's well, fucking that's stupid. What, that's why would you think French that? Is at, why would you? Why would you make? <laughs> why would you make assumptions like, hey, let's just put in a normal rod? Uh, it's fine. He's going to Honda anyway. Yeah, he's so. Honda guy now. Eh? As of October first, yes, he will be. That's good. I think that the three of those are going to be awesome at Honda. I'm a little bummed there's no Americans, but that's okay. There is. Chance Hymas is going to be on there. Oh yeah, that's true. So he is. So there will be one. Yeah, no disrespect to Chance. I shouldn't forget about him. Like yep. That. Uh, well, you know he's hurt, so it's just like out of sight, out of mind in this in this thing. Uh, Max Volan goes five eight for eighth. From what I understand, he's riding for a ride at this point. Um, there's been, I love his style. There's been he is great dude at Redbud. He was like upside down yeah. over all sorts of jumps. Like so good, so good. And Allegedly, he's been unbelievable during the week, and it's just the race time is not really panning out for it's him. It's that KTM team. I think if you get him off that KTM team, I think he's so much better. It's funny how that's too rigid. How the how the turns table isn't it because ktm used to be like you want to win you got to fucking go orange and now it's like yeah but they're too they're too rigid so it's fine if you have someone like dungy but when you have Mm -hmm. basically anybody else which is why plessinger's doing what he's doing too Mm -hmm. from what i understand ap really wanted to go back to star also but there's just not room yeah right so um carson mumford shows up on a on a pc 250 goes uh nine nine for ninth so that's okay props Pierce Brown goes 12-11 for 10th. Who knows? Good rider. Talon Hawkins, he's still a rookie. He goes 11-14 for 11th, so that's okay. Nice for rookie. Caden Braswell goes 15-13 for 12th. All right. 
Jalik Swole, 1018 for 13. I'm just going to chalk that up to the track. He's usually better than that. As much as I'm not a Jalik guy, he's better than that. Yeah, he's better than that. See what he's like on that Triumph next year. That'll be interesting. Next year? Yeah. The 250 team start next year. I'm wait, I'm I'm surprised we haven't seen a bike yet. Like it's getting late to see a bike. But well, about a month from now is when the next year models get really released yeah. and stuff. So, so we'll probably out. see it soon. Uh, Preston Kilroy goes fourteen fifteen for fourteen. Not even a month. Usually right before Loretta's, right? Or right at Loretta's. It's pretty close Which right now. It's in this time frame here. Let's put it this way. If we don't see it by the end of August, I'm going to be super surprised yeah. as to like what the fuck are you guys doing? Because they have a facility. They bought uh, the old Moto X compound down there. Ferry's there riding the bike all the time. Evan or Tim? Evan. Because cool. Evan's going to be the... I think Evan and Jalik are going to be the 250 kids for next year. Really? Yeah. Cool. I'm excited to see Evan Ferry ride. That's why That's why you haven't seen or heard anything from Evan Ferry, because he can't take any videos during the oh. week, and then he shows up for like these either for either the uh, the Moto Combines or the Futures races, and he has to ride Yamaha because they can't ride the Triumph. Oh, but they moved to like, they've moved to Georgia. Wow. They're in Georgia riding this facility, which is also super weird because everybody knows the facility they bought. We all know where it's at. Yeah. I cannot believe no one has flown a drone over that place yet and gotten videos or pictures of this bike. Mm. Might be like an NDA kind of thing. Doesn't matter. Mm. Like, well, I don't give a shit. Why would I not fly a fucking drone over? I mean, I'm not gonna go to Georgia, nor do I have a drone. But again, why has someone else in the industry not done that yet? It shocks me, to be honest with you. It shocks me that, like, someone from Vital spy show, done Spy it. shots. Yeah, like, spy photos. So where I live is right by the GM Proving Grounds. Oh, yeah. It's, like, 15 minutes and from And it's just, house. like, drones after drones like after you drones. Get, you get Well, I don't know about drones, but you get, like, the the where they wrap it with, like, basically camouflage. Yeah. Cars, so, mm-hmm. they're like, you're looking at the next year's model, but you can't really tell what's got on it. Yeah. And, like, Motor Trend and all those people are always yep. right in my neighborhood. Like, not in the neighborhood, but, you know, right around yeah. town taking pictures of them and shit. And it's, yep. It's kind of interesting. You don't see that too much. You see a little bit like motocross action when the new bikes come out in the spring for Japan and stuff, but that's about it. Like I said, it's super surprising to me, especially because it's trickled down so far that I know where the facility is and that they're riding there, that it hasn't happened yet. Hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Josh Varese goes 16-16 for 16th. Oh, wait, we missed. Sorry. Uh, Forkner goes 21-10 for 15th. Did you see that first moto? Oh, man, that that wreck... Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not really a huge. I I never was a Forkner guy, and all the more of his bad experience, I'll just call it, keeps happening. The more yeah. I'm like, I feel for the guy. Like, fuck, give the guy a break already. You I know. know. Uh, and the way he wrecked, where he gets jammed up in the back tire, of somebody else, I fucking had that happen sucks. one time. And yeah, I wasn't finishing the race. Tell you that much. And he got all <laughs> chewed up like a fucking Jaguar came after him. Yeah, you know? like that's tough. And then to show up for the second moto and get into the points. Yep, being like that. That's that's. Grit. I he's really props. he's really trying to get into that SMX stuff too. So I give him um, props. Like I said, Varese goes sixteen sixteen for sixteenth. Ryder D goes DNF twelve for seventeenth. I have no idea what happened there, but he fucked my fantasy. So thank you. You know the the Forkner thing is interesting because the main reason I didn't like him when he was young is because I thought he didn't have grit. And I thought he was like, <laughs> I thought he was a kind of a sissy <laughs> now you're boy. Like, this is a gritty motherfucker. Well, here. now it's like okay, he's earning it, right? Yeah. So like that earns my respect big time. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Schwartz goes thirteen thirty eight for eighteenth. Brock Bennett goes eighteen seventeen for nineteenth. And Preston Base Fluke makes his uh, pro debut there, going seventeen twenty one for twentieth. Points, points, and then we'll see him at Loretta's. Uh, Connor Visker goes thirty five thirty three. He's a Bellevue, Michigan native for thirty six. No shit. And Tom Vial DNF DNS. 
crashed. I'm not really sure. Yeah, exactly he got the wind knocked out of himself. Yeah, and they never came back. I never saw the crash, but you don't like to see that. No, I don't know. I, of course, he's another one like uh, what's it called, like Shimoda. I thought with that Southwick race, like he was really winding up, and we were gonna see like a second half yeah. kind of like better. Right. And it's been a lot of the same. And then you have this crap happens, like oh, that's terrible. I think the riding two different disciplines is what's really getting to him. Mm. I think he's got the single day figured out, the tracks he can kind of figure out, and he gets better. But it's the he rode eight nine rounds of supercross and now we're gonna ride 11 outdoors and then oh by the way Different you're gonna have enough points you so you're gonna qualify in for what's it called here uh next month you're gonna ride those three like that's a lot i think he's france or french Spain? Yeah. yeah no he's french so well, he's about the only thing i like about france straight up <laughs> all right that is your 250 race recap brought to you by our friends at Dep creative go make sure you look them up for all your graphics needs all right anything else before we wrap up here pretty good show i think it was all right I had something on the tip of my tongue, but I think we covered everything pretty good. Cool. I really got a pee, so that's a big fucking problem. A couple of weeks off, eh? A couple of weeks off. We are not going to have shows. There will be more content coming on the channel here. Uh, I've got a bunch of backed up. We're going to do uh, the Red Bud 2023 national video will show up. I have a couple of how-tos filmed already that I'm working on editing right now. Those will come out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, there will be a throwback Ironman 2022 national from footage... Of I have for last year that I never used that will come out. Obviously, we'll keep pumping out shorts because I've got a ton of those. Um, but yeah, but no shows for the next couple of weeks here. Uh, we're just, there's nothing to really talk about, so we're not going to film anything. Iron Man, both of us will be there. Yep. Are we going to do a show on the grounds again? No, we're doing a show Sunday when we come back. Boo. Um, uh, yeah, it, they're okay. They don't do as well. It's, they might not the get audio, the views, but I think that that's better content. The audio is not as great. We will... Um, I mean, maybe we'll do like a like a post race reaction show where we walk through the pits and kind of talk a little bit or something. But it won't be the full show. We will film the full show Sunday. Well, supposedly yeah, Justin's Sunday. supposedly Justin's gonna come. Really? If you want to stay, you can. Yeah, because he's not going to the race. He's got to stay here. So supposedly he's gonna show oh, up and do the show. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So if you want to stay and do the show, like that's fine too. If you don't, I understand because we'll be gone all weekend. But no, let's go. Um, I'm ready. So, yeah. So, yeah, no show for a couple of weeks here, uh, but we'll be back to wrap up Unadilla. So, thanks to our sponsors, Complete Med Solutions, Complete Racing Solutions, TLR Coatings, Adept Creative Co., Isaac Nelson Designs, Gutterworks, and Holster Co., TLR Coatings. Thanks to all of them. Links in the description down below. Also, just so everybody knows, there are links to Amazon. There's links for our merchandise, all that kind of shit in the description down below, too. Helps us out. Helps us get to the races and everything. So, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you everybody in a couple of weeks.